Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Tabua. Tabua. Aub. What about Aub? Safula. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? There's local politics, bud. Don't go over the rules. It'll take forever. Let's just get to the draft. Let's get to pumping. I got a little taco meat on my chest. It's going to be fun. We in the the fig. I mean, everybody going to be loud. I'm going to be loud with them. I'm going to be screaming, too. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready for this? (laughs) I am. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a football Friday and a free beer Friday uh, edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM.com. Coming up on today's show, we got both East Carolina coordinators on the program. ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell joins us in hour number one. ECU offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick joins us at five o'clock so we'll get to blake harrell about 15 20 minutes from now and donnie kirkpatrick coming up at five o'clock a lot of roster talk personnel talk as we head uh into fall camp and another year of east carolina football so excited to catch up with the coordinators on today's program also brian north going to join us at the tail end of hour number one tony dunn carolinacatchronicles.com will be here to talk nfl in hour number two and mark greenheld's golf shop radio show we'll talk a little football with greeny as well as he is a clemson alum and patriots fan so we'll talk pats tigers and see what's going on in the golf world with mark greenheld but it is good to say the words football friday edition of pirate radio live because we are pretty much football all the way through three hours tonight uh today on the program all right chan man is here with the audio production cj schaefer here video wise and uh we are three deep in the pirate radio studios hello gentlemen what's up clipper how you doing buddy good doing good uh once again shirley is gone that means that it is a guys day here on pirate Just Radio Live. the dudes being guys the best kind of days is guys days what do you want to do you want to come up with some cool handshakes high fives uh we gotta do guy stuff handshakes hugs yeah hey meet me outside with pancakes and you know what (laughs) yeah that's a nice reference good reference there what do guys do what do we do you know sit back relax watch uh any sports on tv we got baseball we got shohei otani pitching against the braves tonight oh my gosh where's jonathan elderby there's day baseball (laughs) there is not day baseball oh which is why i use the word tonight cj how you doing I'm doing all right. Unfortunately, the uh, video feed is down, so I'm going to try to get that back up. But otherwise, doing great. It's all his fault, by the way. CJ, Don't. come on, man. Come on. It's always my fault, isn't it? Get it. Get a grip, get CJ. Get it together. Get it together. It's a bad start. It's all right. I watched some sports last night. And what sport was that? I watched the basketball tournament. Okay. First game I've watched this year was a blowout, so I stopped watching that. I watched a very little bit of the CFL. Okay. So who was, uh, who was who what was on the docket? Uh the Tiger Cats. Great name. And the God, who are they playing? It was the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now I gotta look it up. I don't even remember the team they were playing. Um, is Justin Hardy in the Canadian Football League? Yes. It wasn't his team, was it? uh i do not know i was only following it because i had tiger cats under 21 and no a half. way 
<laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah. That was a winner. Did you hit? Hell yeah. One and oh. Oh, yeah. One and oh, CFL this year. Put it on the board. <laughs> Put it on the board. Oh, yeah. They played yeah. The, uh, the BC Lions was the team they played against. The power of BC. That's right. So, uh, wanted to uh, to get a little sports in last night. Also watched the old um, the 30 for 30 on the An One mixtape tour. Oh, I saw oh. you tweet something about that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember last year you introducing me to Hot Sauce. Hot Sizzle, yeah. And that was... Uh, so I never had the tapes, like the actual like bootleg tapes that went around. But uh, in the early 2000s, ESPN had a show where uh, the N1 mixtape tour, where they would travel around and play local guys and add guys to their team. And it was like must-watch TV for me and my roommate in uh college it was uh it was really cool so. well once you introduced me to uh am one i went on a binge for about a week of watching uh those videos on youtube and those guys could ball the espe- professor espe- especially the professor the professor yeah so uh that was, that was a pretty good watch i'll be checking out the braves tonight as uh we inch closer to football season why is shirley not here uh i guess is robert saying he's going to be in the same place shirley will tonight well he's been counting down the days and he's been saying like a week away shirley five days shirley well we are now three days shirley hours away on the david price construction countdown to new kids on the block (laughs) (laughs) countdown to concert uh new kids on the block in raleigh tonight shirley will be there we'll talk to brian north later this hour i saw him tweet earlier his wife will be there and I guess Robert Matthews will be there. So Everybody and their mama's going to be there. Hopefully they play the hits. Hanging Tough. What were their other hits? Uh-oh. Uh, oh, The uh, Right uh, Stuff. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. So, uh, That's I was, the only song I think I know. I was a huge New Kids on the Block fan uh, when I was a child. Me and uh, Pirate Radio listener Chad Moore would, uh, would put on concerts for our uh, babysitter when we were kids. New Kids on the Block and Vanilla Ice. Speaking of Chad Moore, he just tweets in and says, Man Day. Yeah, having a man day. It's man day. Just the guys chatting it up. All right, uh, not a lot of weekends left, boys, until we get to football season. What did you say yesterday or the day before? We don't, next there Thursday? There is only one more Thursday without until we get to football. God, stop teasing me. Now, again, once that football is here and on television – we're going to flip over there, see it, and then go do something else. Well, exactly. we'll see that it's the Raiders and the Jaguars. It doesn't matter if it's the Rams and the Bills. It's preseason. It doesn't matter who it is. I, I remember last year watching the Cowboys-Steelers the whole preseason. The uh, you, you watched the whole game? I watched the whole game. I was ready for football. I watched it at Tony Dunn's house, to be honest. Uh, uh, actually, yeah, I watched it at Tony Dunn's house. That's a good idea. A Hall of Fame game party to celebrate the football season. You start the year with a party. We should do you end the NFL season with a Super Bowl party. Yeah, and what do we do at the Super Bowl parties? We do our prop bets. We should do a prop bet sheet for the Hall of Fame game. That sounds like a great time. Yeah. I'm I'm down. I'm in if you do it. All right. Uh, let's do it. Let's add some entry to the Hall of Fame game this year. That'll be exciting. We'll talk to Tony Dunn coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, to the guy that hates this show that listens to it that called in and told Shirley we need to talk about Zach Agnos, I've got some good news for that guy. Not only are we going to talk about Zach Agnos on Monday, we're going to talk to Zach Agnos. We're going to talk to him? Yes. So you can hear his own words coming up Monday on the show. 
So uh, for that one guy out there, I we, know and by the way, we booked Zach Agnos for this guy. Yeah, we, we felt bad for him, uh, and we felt like we needed to do our what we need to do, and that was get Zach Agnos on the show. So he'll be on Pirate Radio Live coming up on Monday. We are basically we're like a music station where you call in and make requests. Yeah, can we get? Uh, yeah, you got guest requests. Right. If you yeah, we we only want to talk about exactly what you want to hear about. So if you could call in, give us your topic, um, we'll we'll hit we'll get it we'll get it for you. I think the listeners should have a contest about like we did with Twitter, and uh, requesting a follow. I think li- uh, listeners should call in and like give us someone to try to book. Yeah, and the person if we get that person on the show, whoever requested them, wins. Okay, but what are the parameters? That's just hypothetical. Like, I don't think we'll actually do it, but I just it just popped in my head, that idea. I hear you, but it would have to be somebody, like, famous, right? Yeah. Like, it couldn't be, like, somebody could say Shane Carden. No, 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 no. I'm talking, like... Somebody unrelated. It, it, so, it's somebody outrageous, like we did with Le- the Twitter contest. So, like, LeBron James, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady. Yeah. John Cena. <laughs> uh, are you... Who's going to be trying to book these guests? You? I can... I don't think I have enough uh, clout here. Like oh. maybe you do. But Did do somebody you, say clout? Where's Troy? He'll do it. Do uh, you, Troy. I mean Troy. Do you have game? I don't have booking game. Can you spit game? Um. Yeah, I guess I can try. All right, that's enough. Uh, yeah. Oh, good idea, man. I like uh, throwing out ideas, just spitballing. So, uh, yeah, not bad. Uh, we will talk to Zach Agnos coming up on Monday as he is a now former East Carolina shortstop slash pitcher and future pitcher in the Colorado Rockies organization. And shout out to the Agnos family, two boys pitching in a minor league baseball soon. That's pretty damn cool. You had the Griffies, and now you have the Agnos. The Agnosis. The Agnosis. <laughs> the Agnos. And the, Ag- uh, the Agni. I have not heard hide nor hair regarding Carson Wisenhunt signing. Has, did I miss that, or has that not happened yet? I haven't heard anything. Uh, once that happens, hopefully we can get him on the program as well and uh, talk to the new Giants lefty. So, uh, yes, yeah, a little baseball talk here. As we uh, head into late July, August, uh, we got some exciting uh, news to get to uh, regarding ECU football as well as far as our coverage for this year. So uh, we'll be getting that information out soon. Stay tuned. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun during the football season. So can't wait for that. And, uh, yeah, starting to get jacked up about it, uh, which is why we're having the coordinators on today. Blake Harrell and Donnie Kirkpatrick will talk Pirate football uh, with Coach Harrell coming up in just a few minutes. And great conversation yesterday with the uh, college football guru, Phil Steele. Yeah, I told uh, – I like to be very uh, transparent, Chandler. I don't like to be a phony. I like to say things I believe. I don't like to say things I don't believe. I said earlier this week, I'm thinking NC State 34, ECU 23. Right around the uh, the point spread there. Yeah, I was thinking like a touchdown and a field goal to two touchdowns. Is it still 12? Is, it, is NC State still plus 12? What would you say? Now, you? if it was up to Phil Steele. That's where I was getting. NC State would only be a three-point favorite. I was shocked at that line. Uh, Phil Steele, it sounds like he's not a huge state believer. 
because uh, he's got Clemson winning the Atlantic, which, I mean, not a huge shock, but I, I, I remember his words saying NC State's getting a lot of hype this year. Almost sounded like he was saying maybe too much hype right? or uh, the hype. I don't know. I hope they get all the hype in the world because the more accolades they get, the better I feel about East Carolina winning the game uh, week one. And I feel like the argument for NC State is argument. That, that they cannot handle the hype whether exactly. that's, that's uh at the beginning of the year just like for instance this year where they will be a top 15 team coming into greenville or getting down the stretch of their schedule and potentially playing in the acc championship game and crapping it away uh right now nc state when i'm looking at a 10 point favorite yesterday on pirate radio live phil still said he would have that game as state minus three now we're talking a touchdown that's a huge swing and he said he liked the Pirates in the game. So, uh, and I, I was looking at this as Phil Steele was about to say it yesterday on the show. ECU had that amazing against the spread streak last year. It was like six, seven games in a row they won uh, against the spread. So, uh, the Pirates are a money team. And Phil Steele, as of this moment, subject to change, a lot can happen, injuries, uh, and just feelings can change. But uh, as of right now, he likes the Pirates' chances week one. Makes me feel better when the college football guru, Phil Steele, who just came out with his uh, new magazine, you can get it at Barnes & Noble for, what, 22 bucks. So go and get it. I feel good that Phil Steele is saying that he has hope in the Pirates, not just as a point, as a uh, plus three uh, underdog, but winning the game in game one of the 2022 campaign. And you said yesterday if all of his, if all of his uh, predictions – Came mm-hmm. true. It would be seven and five for East Carolina if his um, power rankings, basically his uh, overall college football poll, is true. He has East Carolina better than seven opponents on the schedule and under five opponents on the schedule, which is the same thing he had last year. He had uh, those same numbers, and it almost worked out exactly like he said except East Carolina did not beat South Carolina, who they were rated higher than going into the year. And East Carolina did beat Memphis, who was rated higher than East Carolina. If that, hopefully I said that correctly, and that makes sense to you. But just going off his power pole, it is a tough schedule too. I keep, like, I'm interested to see where BYU's ranked preseason. Phil still has them at what, 12, 13? Cincinnati is certainly going to be ranked. NC State is going to be ranked. UCF probably not, but knocking on the door. Houston might be top twenty-five preseason. Right, uh, right there, uh, certainly receiving votes. Clayton Tune, a really good quarterback. Uh, Adam asking anything on Bryce Worrell? No, uh, have not heard anything about Bryson. Uh, did have uh, Mully here earlier, who thinks he may get a shot with some independent ball. So, uh, hopefully, we do hear something. When we do, uh, we'll reach out to Bryson and get him on the program so uh yeah still kind of surprised again i don't follow college baseball enough to say who should not have been drafted and who bryson should have been drafted over but it just felt like as good as bryson world was playing especially down the, have been drafted. especially down the stretch yeah. late later in the regular season and especially in the conference tournament and in the postseason in the regional and super regional yeah uh, i was disappointing but Man, he'll be a, a success no matter what path he chooses in life. 
All right. Uh, we are giving away. Oh, I did want to mention things you can get. How about some tickets to the Pirate Radio football kickoff party? It's going on Thursday, September 1st, 7 o'clock. You can get tickets right now at PR927FM.com for just 10 smackers, 10 bucks. You can get tickets. Uh, just click the link. It's big and bold and bright at the top of the website. Uh, so click there, get your tickets, and be ready to party with us coming up on September 1st. Can't wait. Can't wait. 41 days away. 41 days away from the party? Yes, sir. Meaning we are... Bet your bottom dollar. 43 days away from East Carolina football? That is right. Meaning we are 36 days away from week zero. Oh, my gosh. So, excitement time. Whether you like it or not, and I would hope that you like it, it is coming, and it is coming fast. Coming hard, coming fast. Let's uh, tell you what. Let's talk some football. Take a break. We'll come back. Blake Harrell, East Carolina defensive coordinator, will join us on the Pirate Radio Live line. We'll talk about every position group, the starters, the backups, how he's feeling heading into this season. It's coming up. Blake Harrell right after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or a kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here is Whip Rock. Party back with you at Pirate Radio Live on a free beer football Friday. We're giving away freedom on the show today. Anybody need some freedom? Uh, Budweiser is commemorating... The freedom that unites all Americans, the foundation that our country's strength is built upon, and they have replaced the iconic Budweiser name with freedom so that we can all toast to the value we hold so dear. This Bud's for freedom. This This Bud's for for you. you. We're giving away a case of freedom today on the program so uh, we will give that away in hour three of today's show. Uh, where were you guys 25 years ago today? Not even a thought in not, my parents' head. Not here. Wow. That's kind of sad to know I lived in a world without you guys. Now I know, I'm- right? <laughs> Thank you. It's it's crazy that like six, seven years ago, we weren't friends. I knew who you were. I grew up listening to you on, well, the, that's fine, on, but- on the fifth quarter of Colin show yeah but i was here a long time and you guys didn't even exist correct you were born in what 82 81 i was here gosh 17 years of literally i'm not even on the earth you're you're on the earth for 17 years yeah just bebopping around bebopping around like where's channel honeycutt (laughs) not even a thought where did chandler go he's not even here uh let's see 25 years ago to the day 
Greg Maddox, the professor, throws a 76-pitch complete game. <laughs> Allowed five hits in a run through 13 balls. A complete game on 76 pitches is just insane. 76 pitches? Yeah. And you said five hits in a run? Yeah, they, they get, the Cubs scored a run, had five hits. Wow. So he was uh, he was throwing strikes. I wonder what the duration of that game was. Yeah, had to be a quick one. I wonder if I can find that in the box score. I think Jake Kuchmaner's perfect game a few years ago was 83 pitches. Was that and that was a perfect game. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk some football, boys. What do you think? Let's do it. We'll talk pirate offense later on in the show with Donnie Kirkpatrick. We'll talk East Carolina defense right now with Blake Harrell, who joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line. Coach, uh, we appreciate your time today. How you doing? Good, Cliff. Appreciate you guys having me on. How you doing? Been doing? Hey, man, doing great. And uh, I appreciate your time. I know your time is precious in the summer, as your really only chance to to get away. So, uh, how, how have you enjoyed your summer uh, thus far? Have you been able to get away from football at all? Well, you know, June was always, uh, it's been a busy month for us. So we have recruiting, official visits, camps. Uh, obviously, our players are on campus all summer, and we're allowed to do more and more with those guys this summer as far as workouts and be out there for some mini practice OTA type situations. And uh, so that's been really good. And, you know, we, we've got a chance that here in July, uh, with being a dead period for recruiting, to catch our breath a little bit and refresh. And, Get ready for uh, camp coming up pretty soon. Blake Harold joining us. And, uh, Coach, this defense has really made improvements since you uh, stepped foot in Greenville, North Carolina. And, and how has that helped on the recruiting trail? Because there's so many different things recruits look at, whether it be facilities and, and all the, the glitz and glamour and things like that. But how about a, a winning record? How about a, a bowl berth? You know, how, how much uh, has that helped you on the road? And when guys come here that you can say, hey, come, come join this winning thing we got going on. Yeah, there, there's no question. There's a lot of excitement in Pirate Nation right now, and that certainly helps when you, you can go on the road and say, hey, we, we went to a bowl game last year. Maybe not played in it, but we were there. And, uh, you know, a record, and we're, we feel like the future is really, really bright. And, that you know, that's just the starting the conversation out and gets kids excited about coming and, and seeing East Carolina. And then once a, a young man steps uh, on campus in Greenville, I, I think it's a, it's a no-brainer and easy sale once they see Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and our facilities and, and get a little taste of our fans. It's a really exciting time to be a pirate. Blake Harold joining us, looking at the defensive side of the ball, coach. Uh, some key losses from last year's team: Bruce Bivens and, and Aaron Ramsour, the linebacker position; Warren Saba, and of course Jaquan McMillan on his way to the National Football League. But man, you look at the roster and the returners. You've got you know returners across the board, just about at every position, especially at the D-line. You've really been building that side of the ball uh, or that particular uh, position unit over these last few years, and, and that has come to fruition now. you, you got a lot of guys that have played some uh, important snaps for you returning to this team, right? No no doubt. It's, it's nice to go out and practice and just, you know, you're, you're not coaching uh, day one stuff. These guys have been through it, and they're going into year three, four, and five. And we're playing a bunch of older guys who have played football. I think we played 22 or 24 guys a game last year. And I think that that experience they got in those games last year and, and a bunch of them started just is going to carry over this year. So really excited about it. Obviously, we're going to miss those guys that left. Uh, but really excited about the guys we got returning and just excited about our football team. 
Looking at the D-line, Emmanuel Hickman, Elijah Morris, Rick DeBrew. I mean, those guys have played quite a bit of football for the Pirates over the years, and you just hope that they can uh, even up their game to another level. Also, we, we saw quite a bit of Surad Ward uh, as, uh, wear as well. How about behind that, Coach? Who, who are some younger defensive linemen or maybe inexperienced D-linemen that uh, will see the field this year you're excited about? Yeah, Xavier McGyver's been out there for us. Chad, uh, Chad's been out there for us as well. Deontay been out there for us uh, those all those guys have played i mean chad, chad was a, a big part in some of those wins very physical defensive end right there with with emmanuel hickman um you know so those guys have kind of rotate them in keep them fresh make sure they're 100 percent come fourth quarter and, and just you know the conversations you have with those guys it's not day one stuff it's a let's talk about the i always call it the graduate level class of football let's talk about hey what the offense is trying to do how they're trying to attack us what we want to do and how we want to attack them. So that's that's nice, and, and to have some experience and guys that played up front is huge. And, and even, you know, I was talking about Chad the other day to Coach Houston yesterday, just seeing him, how much he's developed even in the last year. Um, he's going into year four, and just, you know, his traps are now getting huge. And Manny's worked on his, um, his speed and quickness and agility and, and doing a really good job with that. So, Really excited about those guys up front. We used to call them young guys, but they're not young pups anymore. They've, they've been around and grown up. Yeah, another guy that's got a lot of snaps is Jeremy Lewis uh, coming off the edge there. And he, I remember his high school film right down the road at South Central. He was catching jump balls and also making plays on defense, recruited as a defensive player to East Carolina, came in, went to tight end, and now got him back on the defensive side. And now that he's been able to really concentrate on that, get all the game reps, all those practice reps on the defensive side, uh, you know, how much he's, has he grown since you uh, came in here, Coach? Well, he's he just been amazing. I mean, 16 months ago he came uh, came into Coach Houston wanted to make a move to defensive side of the ball, which – I thought it was pretty exciting. I wasn't quite sure how it would go. Just moving a tight end to defense usually goes the other way around. Uh, you move a defense again yeah. to, to offense. But, uh, you know, year one, you, you saw Jeremy kind of – you saw some athleticism, some ability there. And then just as the season went along, he became a really, really good football player. And uh, I, I'm super excited about year two. It just I think he can be, be a huge impact on, on the game. And, what he allows our defense to do with the outside backer spot, you know, whether he's rushing off the edge, dropping into coverage, and, and he understands the game from playing offense. He understands hey, how the offense is trying to attack us, maybe what type of routes we're going to get out of certain sets and what type of run game we're going to get out of certain sets. Uh, so he's he just high-high football IQ and, you know, really good motor. So I think his best football is ahead of him. I'm really excited. I think he's one of our better football players. Talking to Blake Harrell today on Pirate Radio Live, I want to, you to talk about some of the younger linebackers, but got to mention uh, Xavier Smith and Miles Berry. I'm a big Xavier Smith fan, got a big smile, big personality. And then I don't know Miles Berry personally yet. Hope to, to get to know him more this year, but everything I hear about him sounds like the, the epitome of a, a student athlete, sounds like a great young man. And you've got uh, some good veteran leadership there at that linebacker position, coach. Yeah, you know, we we lost two two uh two fifth year seniors and Bruce Bivens and Aaron Ramsey that you mentioned before, so that you would think that that would leave you uh with not a lot of experience in the room or maybe young, but we we definitely have some older guys that have played. Uh you mentioned Miles Berry, he's probably maybe my wife's favorite player and <laughs> a great representation of uh Pirate Nation just for what he does on and off the field in the community and just, you know, whether he plays after uh, after he leaves East Carolina, you know, and plays on Sundays or, or 
decides that to, you know his opportunities to other places, he's going to be a successful pirate and make us proud. Just excited about him and uh, watching him play sideline to sideline. I thought he had a really, really good spring. And just uh, where he's at, I think, is as good as he's ever been. So uh, super excited about him. Uh, you mentioned Xavier Smith. You know, two years ago, Xavier was, um, you know, all-conference, second-team all-conference. Last year, we asked him to do some multiple things where he was playing on the edge, playing Mike. And we may do some things like that with him this year, but his main focus right now is Mike uh, backers. So just excited to, you know, have him back. And both those guys are fifth years. Uh, we had a transfer come in, um, Chance Bates from Kennesaw State, who was familiar with the system and, and played in the same terminology. He's a fifth-year player, was a four-year starter at, at uh, Kennesaw. And just the COVID, COVID year, get, you know, he graduated from Kennesaw and it gave him an extra year, so he wanted to try some things out. Adds more experience to the room. Kobe Simpson, uh, he's got two years of eligibility left, but he's a fifth-year player as well, a fifth-year college student. Uh, Taylor Jackson's a, you know, a third-year player now. So those are five guys right there who are older guys. Um, and, and then, you know, we added another transfer in the room from Georgia Southern, Mike Edwards, who played, uh, I think he started seven seven games at Georgia Southern last year, played over 500 snaps, so he's got a lot of experience. So, got a lot of experience in the room, maybe some new faces to the crowd and, and to Pirate Nation, but just feeling really good about the room and where we're headed in, that, in the direction we're heading in that room. Yeah, nice mix of uh, old and new, it sounds like, there at the linebacker position. And while we're on that topic, Coach, we, we seem to focus, and you probably know this and get upset about it, we talk more about offense than defense, uh, as everybody does, but we focused a lot on the, uh, the newcomers on the offensive side of the ball, especially the wide receiver position, because that was a, a position of need with, with Snead and Omatosho leaving the program. But defensively, you mentioned a couple of guys there. I think you got some immediate help in the secondary too, right? Uh, how about on the defensive side, impact guys you brought in uh, from the portal? Yeah, those uh, the two backers I mentioned, I think, can help us out right away. Uh, Jack Ness is another outside backer uh, that's, that's working behind Jeremy Lewis right now. Uh, he's from Nevada, started at Nevada for, for uh, a couple years there, and he's got a couple years left to play as well. So just super excited him. He's a hard hat type of guy, you know, comes to work every day gets in the weight room and grinds and just, you know, on the field, tough guy. And I think uh, Pirate Nation will really enjoy watching him play. Um, and, and in the back end, you know, a couple guys, Brandon Higgs we've added. He, he's a Juco uh, Juco transfer kid. And then out wide, Siobhan Rebel, who we signed, uh, you know, last Christmas and uh, last December. And he, he joined this summer, and he, he's going to be special one day. He's a, a 6'2 corner, 6'1 corner uh, that can run at Super athletic, super long. Um, you know, he's still got a long ways to develop, but I think one day he's going to be special. And, um, you know, Fletcher out wide is another corner we added from a Juco. And, but both those kids have multiple years. I think they both have three three years plus uh, of play and uh, eligibility left. So just excited about their future. Uh, a pre Washington is another corner we added from um, Buffalo. He, he played. Uh, some corner at Buffalo, play some safety at Buffalo, so just excited about his flexibility and what we can do with him back there. So feel really good about our depth. And just, uh, you know, you always want to try to upgrade your roster. And sometimes it's, you, t- you take the, the bottom part of your roster and you want to upgrade it and upgrade your depth. And I think we've done that defensively. Coach, I, I keep going back to this. It sounds like you guys uh, hit a home run last year with DJ Ford uh, as far as what he brought to the locker room and 
and how he was able to acclimate so quickly with his new teammates because you you want to bring in all the talent in the world but not everybody mixes uh with with everybody so that's something that you got to factor in how about that part you name some some transfers in there Uh, you know how much do you guys focus on making sure that uh the locker room stays tight when you bring in those new faces there's no question it's it's always a team is bigger than me and if if that's not going to be part of your culture then you're probably not going to fit real well with uh, what we do at East Carolina and what we do in our program. And, um, you know, those guys, and I think we, we have a strong enough locker room with the guys returning that uh, it kind of takes care of itself. And, and the guys we, we bring in, too, are, are quality young men, and they're just like D.J. Ford that, you know, that they'll be um, – they'll fit and they'll be true pirates. They're not here just to, you know, play ball. They're here to be pirates and, and be a – and see how they can contribute to the program and be part of the winning program. Blake Harrell joining us, coach, uh, at the cornerback position, Jaquan McMillan out, but uh, you got a guy that's played a lot of good football here at East Carolina, Malik Fleming stepping up. He's played uh, a lot of corner in the purple and gold. You still got uh, him around uh, along with Demel Hickman. Uh, and Juwan Powell, is he a cornerback now uh, listed rather than a safety? Yeah, so so you mentioned, uh, you know, obviously Malik is back and started, I think, every ball game for us last year, last two years. Uh, Demel Hickman seems like, uh, I don't know, he's been around for seven or eight years. <laughs> you know, he, he, he right now is playing really good football and doing a really good job this spring. So Juan Powell, uh, you know, when he first started his career at East Carolina, he was at corner and uh, I think started a game at corner before I got here. And uh, the last couple of years he's played at safety and started at safety and very athletic uh, young man. And uh, he's playing a corner right now. And who, who knows? I, I tell our guys all the time, like, if you can play multiple positions, then that just increases your chance of being able to help our football team on the field on Saturdays. Um, you know, Jaira Wilson. I, I made I made an example of Juwan Powell and Jaira Wilson the other day. Those two guys, they can go line up at three or four different positions right now yeah. to help us win football games. And when you got young men that can do that, then, then you feel really good about your program. Coach, I don't watch the tape like you do a hundred times. I'm just eyeballing it as it happens, and I feel like Tegan Wilk is uh, in on just about every tackle, and uh, he's just he's everywhere. It looks like there's two of them on the field at times, and uh, you talk about just football players that can play anywhere, that just do the job. Uh, he, he sounds like one of those guys. So, so there's this deal we do on uh, you know during camp and during spring. What would Khalil Mack do? You know, Khalil Mack not just. <laughs> satisfied with getting the sack he wants to get the strip sack and get the ball out and get the ball back to the offense well that's tegan wilk so we started calling it what would tegan wilk do wwtwd <laughs> uh so he's always run the football as you mentioned and he's as good as i've ever seen about punching the football out um and stripping the football i mean he did it at houston at a huge point in the game that, that gave the ball back to their offense and tied us up and put us in overtime in that game and, and multiple times throughout last season and it shows up every day in practice and He's a special young man, just excited by his, his future and excited by him this fall. Uh, Julius Woods, Sean Dorso, uh, how, how about the rest of that, uh, the safeties you got back there, Coach? Man, Julius Wood this year, this time last year, but, you know, it's kind of an unknown for us. And uh, you saw him throughout the season get better and better and better. And he, he looks the part, and he's playing the part right now. Just uh, a big young man that can cover some ground and run and will strike you, and uh, just really excited about him. And Sean Dorso has started a bunch of games for us, has a bunch of experience, and, he, you know, he's another guy that can play multiple positions back there and, and is a good football player. So excited about both of those young men. 
course, the, the COVID year threw a curveball uh, in many different directions. But as far as roster management, building your roster, uh, you, you had to, to do a, a double and triple take of what you got. So when you look at recruiting for 23-24, um, is it evenly spread out for you guys? Or is there one position uh, group of need that you're looking at for the next uh, year or two when it comes to recruiting? You know, it's, it's for the most part, it's, it's evenly spread out for us. Um, you know, we still got, even though those guys are in their third, uh, so years at, at D-line, some of them are really out there for the first time as, as uh, you know, second-year players, so they got three years left. Um, so that that's, it's really allowing you the flexibility of, of being really picky about who you take as a high school um, prospect. Um, we, we've got a coach, you know, we've got some guys, at different positions who've been on campus and linebackers probably the biggest need knowing that we're going to lose a couple of seniors there um but other than that we, we feel really good about our depth and what we have coming back for the next couple of years Blake Harrell joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line talking Pirate defense. And I've been previewing area high school football with some coaches and uh, had Will Bland, former Pirate receiver uh, for J.H. Rose, their head coach last week, Nate Connor at D.H. Conley this week. And they were both very complimentary of how Mike Houston and and you and, and Donnie and the staff goes about recruiting, says there's a lot of communication there, and uh, and they really appreciate that. And and I think it was Nate the other day who said part of it is because Mike Houston, and I know a lot of you guys, you know, have been involved in high school coaching and know what it's all about and know how important those relationships are. Uh, so I just wanted to pass that along to you, Coach. You got some compliments from uh, some high school coaches this week. Well, we had, we had some really awesome high school coaches in the area that I think do an awesome job and just really good to have those guys around. And, you know, they come in the building, they come to practice all the time, and they're always welcome there. And just, you know, it's, I enjoy seeing those guys, knowing that that was how I started my career as a high school coach. And, you know, I always dreamed of being a college coach, but I always thought I'd be a high school coach forever because I didn't have the, the connections or necessarily the playing experience. But uh, just seeing those guys and, and what they do, just really appreciative and Really happy we have those guys in our area and behind us at Pirate Nation. Blake Harold joining us. Coach, could you – I don't know. Could you go on about how you you change what you do defensively? I mean, obviously you want to perfect uh, the basics and – and the, the basic scheme of your defense, but how about year to year? You know, how much do you do you put in during the off season that maybe we didn't see last year? How how evolving is it over the years? Yeah, I think you always got to evolve, and you always got to stay on top of things. If you ever let uh, something come stagnant or something just sit, and you know it, it can it can time things can pass it up, time can pass it up. Offenses can kind of catch on to what you're doing, and, and now they have the advantage. And we never want to be in that position where. The offense knows exactly what we're doing with the quarterback or the O-line. I think that just kind of puts their kids in you know, a little bit better position than our players, and we want to give our guys uh, the best opportunity to go be successful. So we got to make sure we're adjusting our scheme or we're adding to our scheme. Um, and that may be from year to year or that may be from week to week where we adjust and tweak things that give us a chance to go win a game on Saturday. So we'll always – continue to do that you know our, our base defense will be our base defense and uh you know we'll always come back to that but we'll, we'll do things throughout the year that um you know you'll see more of it and i think last year was a perfect example of that um you know we we played a lot more three-man front as the year went on and probably dropped more uh dropped eight more as the year went on than we had in the previous year or even the beginning of the last season i thought that was a huge success for us uh later in the season and then um you know and part of that's 
as we mentioned earlier, Jeremy Lewis giving us that flexibility to do that. So, um, and, and that's what you find out too is is hey, we got maybe uh, four or five safeties that need to be on the field at the same time. So on third down, maybe we change our package a little bit to get all those guys on the, on the field at the same time. So we didn't do a whole lot of that last year, but I think we'll have that flexibility to do that this year. Blake Harrell joining us. We've talked about this veteran roster, and uh, we had Holt Naylor's on the show last week, and we asked him, you know, who else uh, on the team is considered a leader? And he said there was too many to name at this point. He he did call out Miles Berry, Xavier Smith uh, by name, but how about coach on the defensive side? You know, who's the voice in the locker room that guys listen to? Who's the guy you go to and say, hey, this this freshman isn't uh, isn't doing all he can at practice? Can you give him a talk? You know, who are those guys you count on right now? You know, I, I think you, you probably mentioned it, and Holton said it as well. You, you've got a lot of guys um, that have voices and that are older guys that you trust, and if you say something to, you know, to get taken care of. And You kind of do it positionally, too. You know, maybe it's Miles with the linebackers. Maybe it's Jeremy Lewis and Manny Hickman at the edge spots. Maybe it's uh, Elijah Morris up front. Uh, maybe it's Gerard Springer and, and Jaira Wilson at the safety positions. Maybe Tegan. Uh, maybe Malik Fleming at the corner spot. So you've got some older guys that – you know, if you go talk to those guys, say, hey, listen, we got to have uh, this part of practice. It's got to be this kind of tempo today, or we need to get this done. Um, that They'll get it fixed, and they'll get it taken care of. So it, that, that part of it's been good. Blake Harold joining us. You get thrown right into the fire, Coach. A, a rivalry game, an in-state game, a packed house, NC State coming to town, and not just all of that, but a quarterback who's looked at as one of the best, Devin Leary. So no, uh, no, you know, easy one. Week one, you get thrown right into it, right? Yeah, I've only seen some guys got, uh, or some of the folks out there got, you know, Devin Leary picked as a Heisman, uh, yeah. Heisman favorite and a playoff football team. And you know what? You watch the film, and they're certainly uh, worthy of that. He's a really, really good quarterback, and he puts the ball in a lot of good space, places. And, uh, only where all these receivers can catch, and he doesn't miss his target. And that's probably the most impressive thing about him. And just as a football team, you know, the O-line is really good. They move really well. Uh, got some good receivers, good tight end. And I think that, you know, the running back uh, running backs haven't played as much, but, you know, the, what, what you do see of them, they're very talented. So a very good football team and, and every bit of worthy of all, all the preseason accolades that they are receiving. Looking forward to that opener, Coach. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your summer. I know you're about to get back to work. Uh, come see us at uh, AJ's on Wednesday night for sports trivia sometime. Uh, your, your wife was uh, carrying your team that one time you came. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she was. That's that's something we've enjoyed just doing this together for the years. Just trivia nights, and uh, you know, it's usually yours is all sports trivia, but usually she carries us in the the movie, right? Uh, actors, music, all those categories, <laughs> history, and and the geography and the, the sports. I can usually do it, but your your sports is a little bit tough. <laughs> Coach, uh, enjoyed it, man. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us today. We'll see you at Media Day, and uh, and well, pretty soon we'll be seeing you out on the uh, the practice fields after uh, some fall camp work. So, looking forward to that, and uh, we appreciate your time joining us today on the show. Yeah, Cliff, it ain't long. I can't wait, and I appreciate you having me on on and go Pirates. Blake Harrell, East Carolina defensive coordinator, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Some good information there running down the roster and really has done a fantastic job turning this defense into uh, something respectable. And now they'll try to take yet another step. I mean, we saw the signs in 2020, uh, saw the improvements last year, and you got to think this defense 
experienced, uh, another year better, another year stronger and bigger is going to be even better this season. We mentioned the losses, of course, uh, most notably Jaquan McMillan at, cor- at corner, but also Warren Saba and then those two experienced linebackers, Bruce Bivens and uh, Aaron Ramsour. But, man, you look at this roster and and pretty much the, the two deep, it's a lot of familiar faces, guys that have played a lot of snaps here in purple jerseys. So that is a good thing heading into this season. And I think it's not just about the familiarity between the players, but also obviously with the defensive scheme that Blake Harrell has. Yeah. Just having somebody that is stacking up years who has been here a while now, that provides a level of comfort, and it's showing. I also like the the experience that like he talked about of this defense, but also the depth at defensive line. Getting yeah. some of these guys and going to have a lot of more fresh uh, fresh bodies in there when it comes to the defensive line. Hopefully that kind of helps get pressure on quarterbacks and get more sacks. Let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the hour with Brian North, WCTI 12. He joins us on the other side of this timeout on a free beer and football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back need some beer for the weekend well the jarvis street bottle shop near christie's euro pub is a specialty shop they sell craft domestic and import brews along with wine and growlers the Bottle Shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating NC Craft breweries along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Social media can be a, uh, a bad thing. It can also be a really funny thing. I guess this was on NFL Network. This really slipped uh, off my radar, but somebody took a picture of their television screen and the mexico women were beating the usa women 39 to nothing in flag football what are we doing as a country losing to mexico in flag football and losing one thing like 24 21 39 to nothing gas prices now this <laughs> this is an outrage i don't know who's coaching our women's flag football team but they need to be fired tonight. Tonight! Tonight! Look at a little salty. I'm glad we didn't do the fifth quarter calling show for that game. Um, you look I, a little salty. I'm not proud to be American after reading that score. <laughs> I'm not proud to be American. Was the game at least over by that point? It says second. Now, if this oh. means second quarter, I really hope this means second half. It wow. says 9-14 left in the second. What, oh, what sport man. is this again? Women's flag football, USA versus Mexico, and we're down 39 to nothing. As a country, we hang our hat on women's flag football, and we're being embarrassed. Disgusting. Biden's America. 
<laughs> Way to go, Biden. <laughs> All right, before we get political, maybe we'll get political when Tony Dunn comes in at 4 o'clock. Uh, actually, after 4 o'clock, because we got to get this Brian North interview in before we talk to Tony Dunn. So let's talk to Brian North right now. He joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line on a Friday. North, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Clippy. How are how are you? Thank you for asking. Nobody ever asks. I'm uh, I'm doing great. And I, I saw uh, on your social media that you're uh, you're taking over the household with your wife away, uh, going to see new kids on the block. Similar situation here. Shirley's gone, so now Chandler, CJ, myself, everybody around here is running around with buckets on their head, like your daughter's doing. So uh, correct. Yeah, that like the uh, the boss is gone, so we're uh, we're having fun on a Friday. Uh, you know look no blood no foul if you're running with a bucket on your head and you're not bleeding by the end of the day i would call that a failure so i think chandler is my odds on favorite to uh to bleed here this afternoon <laughs> that, the, i mean he is a, a bucket head without even a bucket on his head so yeah i'm thinking <laughs> he'll run into the wall at some point uh brian we, we've got i thought about you you, you know you, local sports guys this week because it is uh a bit of a dead period we have a lot more time to have conversations predictions that kind of stuff on this radio program than you guys do uh during your your sports cast when you used to be fully involved in that but uh we've had we've had three little league teams come by the studio in the last two weeks uh one was myers park who actually uh was here from charlotte and uh they dropped by the studio checked it out and we also had interviews regarding uh, uh girls softball uh greenville uh pitt county girls softball league team that's playing in the world series we had the 10 and under uh, all-star team yesterday. So kind of in this uh, a bit of a dead sports time. Nice to talk some local sports. It was uh, fun to get those guys in. But this time of year, Brian, we're uh, you know, looking for topics. These folks reached out to us, and uh, it was kind of fun having the, the kids around this week. And uh, there's always something going on, right? You just kind of got to look for it. That's it. The sports don't always come to you. Sometimes you have to go find it. But in the case of, like, little leagues and people who don't get a lot of attention most of the year, no, they will come to you. And as I always tell people in the sports business, don't schedule your signing when everybody else is. Don't schedule your game when all the big boys are playing. Find a day and time when no one else is playing, and you're going to get all the coverage in the world because we're trying to fill the time, so it's all about your timing, not ours. So with a little league, softball, and uh, baseball teams, perfect time of year for them to finally get their attention. And it's great to establish those relationships with those young kids, make them listeners, make them viewers. Because why else would they want to watch TV unless they get to see or hear themselves? So it's a win-win situation if we all just take advantage of it. No, that's a good point. And I feel like the NFL does a great job of this because even in the offseason, there's, you know, the draft. And there's, it seems like if things are getting too boring or even if another sport's getting too much attention, they'll do something to get all the headlines. And I thought about that on Wednesday where there's no Major League Baseball, obviously NFL, NHL, NBA that the NFL or somebody hasn't taken advantage of that sports day and, and, you know, done something on it. Like here at Pirate Radio, we played Survivor, and I don't, uh, you're probably not aware of what happened, but congratulations making the final three, Brian, and uh, had a chance to win it, but Shirley Rhodes got the uh, the vote there. But uh, you played well on Wednesday, even though you didn't know you were doing it. I was unconscious. I didn't realize I was, <laughs> I was playing so well. I was unconscious. That's great. <laughs> yeah, had to find something to do on the most boring sports day of the year. Uh, we are talking a lot of football uh, as we lead up to it. East Carolina, NC State, 
the opener we had phil Steele on yesterday i find it interesting phil's really good at what he does brian he's got east carolina tied for fourth basically in the american and the three teams ahead of ecu are the teams that won't be in the conference next year and that would be cincinnati ucf and houston so uh, the, the best of the rest maybe mike houston has kind of built this program since he has come here to greenville and has got him uh in the middle of the pack and now inching towards the top so it's, it's a good sign to see I've been saying that all along. That was part of his rebuilding plan. He must have known the best teams were leaving the ACC. <laughs> so it's pretty good on your resume when it's all said and done, right? From uh, worst to first, uh, they never look at who's actually in the conference when it happens, right? Yeah. We just remember Pulse won two Conference USA championships. We don't remember who was actually in the league and who wasn't outside of who they beat in the championship game a lot of times. So, look, it, it, with the way conferences and things are shaping up, there's no guarantee it's even going to be like that when things roll around next year. So, um, but you take what you can get, you play who's on your schedule, and for ECU, you just want to win. It's been so long since they've had consistent winning teams, and so you know, I'd like to stack back-to-back seasons, and uh, no matter how you do it or who you play against, you just want to win. And, and so, look, you'll take it. You'll play who's on your schedule, and they this year is, is still a tough schedule for them, but uh, it's shaping up pretty good for all the returnees they have back. This feels like you know Mike Houston, the culmination of uh, what he's been building for here. It's not the end. But this kind of feels like, okay, we're there. This is where everybody wanted him to be when he took the job. Yeah, you look back at those championship teams, and what did you have? You had a solid O-line and a really good defensive line, and they have built those lines. I mean, you think about who the quarterback was uh, for two conference championships, and, you know, it wasn't Jeff Blake or David Garrard or Shane Carden. It was Patrick Pinkney. So uh, you get steady quarterback play, but you you get those lines, and look, they're going to – they're going to be tested uh, week one right out of the gate, maybe more so than any other week this season, uh, right, Brian, on the offensive line when they take on State's D-line? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. And uh, this is what we've all been looking for. You're right, always offensive and defensive lines. And, and with those Skip Pulse teams, you had a, a conservative offense with really good running backs, a really good offensive line, really good defensive line, and you had good special teams. That's another hidden component, right? They're good kickers that get you those points when you need them. Uh, Ruffin McNeil always used to say you want to end every drive with a kick, an extra point or a field goal, and so you need that element too, and that's something that I know uh, ECU will be looking for, but with Holton Aylers, you've got a proven quarterback. He's tested. He's seen things. Now I think everybody's waiting for him to take that next step, but I think they want him to not have to feel like he has to do everything, right? Just, you know, execute the plays that we call. Get When he gets time, we've seen this in the past. When the offensive line gives him time, He's as good as anybody, right? I think any quarterback is that way. With the Panthers, if they have a good offensive line this year, it doesn't matter who's back there at quarterback. They're going to play much better when they're not uh, running for the life. Brian North joining us. Brian, uh, we've got some Pirates on some watch list as uh, Keaton Mitchell named to the Maxwell and Doak Walker watch list. Maxwell is, uh, you know, overall best player. That's a, a great honor for him. And then uh, Ryan Jones named to the Mackey watch list, first East Carolina tight end on that preseason watch list since our buddy Bryce Williams. And I try to temper expectations. Can Keaton Mitchell have another 1,000-yard season? Sure he can, but, you know, he, he was remained healthy last year. Things went his way, broke off those long ones. So I'm not, I'm not calling for a 1,500-yard year this year for Keaton Mitchell. When it comes to Ryan Jones, I think I am ready to go ahead and buy in and, and hype him up because I just think he can be a major weapon in this offense. He is the leading returning receiver for East Carolina with Audio Matosho, Tyler Sneed out the door, and it just sounds like they're going to try to use him in multiple ways, Brian. He, he went as a 
uh, had Donnie Kirkpatrick on the show today, went from, uh, okay, this guy can help you out to, yeah, we're counting on this guy to be a weapon for us. So uh, I'm interested to see what Ryan Jones, I have really high hopes for him this season. Yeah. Well, I've been waiting for it. Mike Houston was a tight end himself when he was at JMU. He really, the tight ends were a huge part of the offense. He didn't have any when he showed up. So he's had to develop that and get guys in there. And I've been, you know, I think last two years, I've been calling more for the tight end. We're going to see it eventually. And last year, they finally started taking advantage of it. Now they've got a proven guy there. And it's going to be huge. The way the game is set up now, you need athletic tight ends to open up the middle for you. And they finally have that. And you take that running game, and I, I agree with you, Keith Mitchell is such a weapon, but you're not going to give him the ball 25 times a game, at least not out of the backfield, right? You've got a deep running back room. You're going to use those guys in all different ways. You want to keep them fresh. So there's that explosion there. But if the running game overall is effective, play action is going to be huge in this offense, especially with the threat of Holton running. You get that play action going yeah. in this direction. That's going to open up the passing game so much this year. Brian North joining us. ACC media days going on, Brian. And, you know, who do you take in the Atlantic, Clemson or NC State? How about the the wacky coastal side, you know, with, with Pitt last year? And you, you just never know who's going to win that side of things. Is Miami back? Uh, so a lot of questions in the ACC this year. Uh, you know, Clemson – they they got to score points. Uh, they they had great defense last year. Just didn't have the offense. Uh, life after Trevor Lawrence was not uh, did not go well for them. So it could be a, a year for NC State or another team to to catch up with Clemson. Just as we saw last year, Wake Forest uh, representing the Atlantic in the championship game. Yeah, Wake Forest would be my my team would uh, that I would pick if I wanted a sleeper because Sam Hartman is back at quarterback. Dave Clawson has quietly taken Wake Forest to six straight bowl games, which is pretty amazing uh, because no one pays attention to Wake Forest. You and I talk about them during the season every Friday. I think that's about it, Brian, but I love them because they score 100 points and give up sometimes 98 points. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Even when we talk about them in-state, they're not getting the national love. No, not of course. Yeah, Sam Hartman is, is as good as anybody out there. and He's always had weapons to throw to and – and, again, if they could get some defensive help, if they ever learn how to play some really or, or get the players to play some really stout defense. But they were 11-3 and last year, and they got a lot of guys back again. And Dave Clawson is quietly one of the best coaches in college football. So keep an eye on them. But having said that, I just can't see Clemson being that bad offensively two years in a row, right? And for Clemson, which still had a great year last year, but compared to the standards that were set of going to the national championship <laughs> right. every year, yeah. they're mad, right? They're mad about last year. So I'm real curious to see how they bounce back. And, man, that COVID year really gave us uh, – Kind of an old-school feel at some of these places. You mentioned Hartman. He's been around a long time. Of course, Ayler's here in Greenville. Uh, Armstrong, the talented Virginia quarterback, is back. So we've got we've got some players we actually know uh, going into this season, Brian. That's a welcome change in college athletics. Isn't it amazing? And Sam Hartman's just a redshirt junior. So Jeez. Well, well, I watched him, Brian. There was a series on Netflix, uh, QB1. Have you ever heard of that? They were they yeah. they follow around high school uh, quarterbacks. He was on that show. So I guess that's why I feel like he's been there so long. I've watched him. <laughs> and that's why I thought if Tyler Sneed had stuck around ECU for his full years of eligibility, it would have been like six years, yeah. seven years, something like that. He would have had every college passing uh, receiving record in the book because, uh, you know, he had the redshirt year plus the COVID year. It's going to be ridiculous. But uh, having said that, the guys who just aren't guaranteed that pro money and now with NIL and you can make a little cash in your pocket, then why not? But you're going to see a lot of records broken that I don't think will be touched once all the COVID eligibility is up. 
Brian North joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Uh, North, what else we got going on this weekend? Major League Baseball had a few games last night. That is back in full force. Looking forward to seeing the Braves against Shohei Otani because I've seen the highlights, but I've never watched a full Otani game where he pitches, and uh, I'm kind of kind of looking forward to that tonight. Yeah, he's not that that highlight guy on the mound that just you know is constant strikeouts. I mean, he gets high strikeout totals. But he's not that guy when he throws it, you go, oh, my God. Like, right. It's not that kind of movement, but he's just such a smart baseball player with all that talent. And the fact that he does both at such a consistent level is just amazing. You appreciate him over a season, I think, than you do in one game. Now, he'll have games where you go, oh, my God. But for the most part, it's what he does over a season. If you're an everyday Angels fan, to me is where you appreciate him so much more because no one else uh, has done it since, you know, Babe Ruth. Yeah. Uh, We were talking about that earlier this week, uh, you know, about Zach Agnos, and uh, we'll talk to Zach coming up on the show on Monday. Looking forward to catching up with him. Unfortunately, now a former East Carolina shortstop pitcher, and the Rockies drafted him to be a pitcher. And you think about all these two-way guys, these great players we see here at East Carolina, play against East Carolina, and only one guy can do it in the majors, and he does it at a nearly MVP level, and that's Shohei Otani. Really, I, I don't think we talk about it enough, Brian, how how incredible it is what he does uh, at the major league level. And even when we talk about Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth didn't give up pitching, but didn't pitch much when he was traded to the Yankees. They just wanted him to, to hit the crap out of the ball. Like, <laughs> He still would make appearances, but he wasn't an every-week starter, every-five-day uh, starter like Otani is. So what he's doing is unprecedented. And the fact he already had arm surgery and he's still coming back and doing And he, what, drank 24 beers on it. Like, the, uh <laughs> didn't train. <laughs> I would love to see the training regimen back then compared to what it is now with all these special diets and uh, workout coaches and all that stuff. It's, it's even even... Uh, 20, 30 years ago, my, one of my favorite Twitter follows besides Clip Brock is the uh, Super 70 Sports yeah. uh, follow. And they always have coaches and players having smoking heaters on <laughs> the sideline and during practices, and it just cracks me up. So I was actually thinking about this today. Was it Walter Payton who used to run up and down the sand dunes? Uh, maybe Roger Craig, one of those great running backs yeah. that outworked everybody in the offseason because no one else was doing anything. In fact, How's this guy so good? Oh well, he's he's uh, actually working on his craft uh, when there's not playing when there's not games going on. <laughs> when I was growing up, all these professional athletes had to have off-season jobs, right? Yeah, they didn't get paid what they get paid now. So I always remember Leon Best, the uh, the North Lenore kid, yeah. safety for ECU, with his dad, and he would do this in the off-season. Well, was a grave digger. They they would dig grave wow. cemeteries, and that's what Leon would do uh, to help his family during the off season. And that reminded me of some of the major league baseball guys and NFL guys who would have these off season jobs. I remember one of them. Don't know who it was, but I remember reading on the back of the baseball card or the, the trading card that they were a grave digger in the off season. That's uh, that'd be a cool nickname too. Hopefully, that guy adopted that nickname. I would say there's uh, a little bit more money involved in sports now. Kirby Smart. <laughs> Uh, 10-year, $112.5 million deal. When I first read it and saw um, 10-year, 11, $11 million, the first thing that clicked in my brain was like, okay, a little over one a year. And then I had to think, well, that's probably not right. Oh, this is annual. He's making $11, $12 million. Uh, it's, uh, it is crazy. And uh, well, that's where we are, though. Remember when it was just a few years ago, Nick Saban was making $5 million and people were losing their money? <laughs> Yeah, and now Kirby Smart, who I wouldn't even say lives up to his name a lot of times, but that's just me. <laughs> Look, won a national championship, so that's yeah. a blessing. And uh, uh, interesting meme I saw 
The last time inflation was this high was 1981. Guess who had just won the national championship when that happened? That was Georgia with Herschel Walker, and now Georgia did it again. So maybe we should let Georgia win the national championship, but we don't want inflation. But, this is all a simulation. We're in a time loop, Brian, and the, the facts are there. They're out there if you look for them. And Herschel Walker's back in the news again for whatever. So, uh, his, uh, <laughs> his last name isn't smart. His last name is Walker. <laughs> Herschel Walker. Yeah. Brian North joining us on a Friday. Brian, uh, so yeah, how long are you uh, going solo at the house there with no wife? That's a dangerous situation over there. Well, thank God it's only tonight. Okay. Then she's got a work trip coming up, so this is like a trial run. <laughs> okay. So to take her work trip in a couple of weeks. Well, look, we've had all these Little League teams in here, Brian. I feel like we're running a daycare at Pirate Radio, so <laughs> if you want to drop the girls off... Uh, We'll watch them. We'll put them in an enclosed uh, space here, put buckets on their head, and have a good time. You should have, like, a graffiti room there at the station. You know? Oh, yeah. And even athletes can come in and just, you know, throw pictures on the wall or something and autograph it. And then I think we have a room here we're actually about to paint, so before we do that, we should just have people write crap all over. That's a great idea. Good. You should do, like, a chalk outline of yourself, your body, from where you got hammered by that uh, boneyard. <laughs> yeah hey man it, it happens and i got i got crushed this week but uh whatever surviving advance man i gotta <laughs> north appreciate you joining us man we'll let you i haven't heard any kids in the background so i'm a little nervous so i'm gonna let you go and uh and we'll talk to you next friday man it's amazing what snacks will do for a short period of time so all right clippy hang in there brother Thank you, Brian. Brian North joining us on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Boy, Studio B has been scrambling this entire Brian North interview. The breaking news boys have a lot going on. So let's go to the breaking news boys desk with Chandler and CJ. Guys, uh, what do we have this hour? Do you want me to break the first thing? You can break the uh, baseball. Ah, we got some baseball news regarding a former Pirate that we talked about earlier in this program. Somebody on Facebook Live had a question about this guy. Where... Will Bryson World end up? Well, he has a new home. The Atlanta Braves have what? picked up Bryson World on an undrafted free agent deal. So, uh, congratulations, uh, Clip Brock. Bryson World is a Atlanta Brave. That is awesome. I'm very happy for Bryson. I am a tad upset about this because Troy is going to take all the credit for this. <laughs> Absolutely. No there doubt. was a scout at Clark LeClaire Stadium. And Troy said something about Bryson Worrell. He had the man crush on him to the scout. And uh, and now he is going to say that because he told that particular scout about Bryson Worrell, that that's the reason why Worrell is a brave. So just prepare yourselves for that on Monday. All right, and now I will send it over to my breaking news boy uh, correspondent, C.J. Schaefer. C.J., what do you have? Thank you, Chandler. Um, big news out of the pro wrestling world. Vince McMahon has tweeted that he is retiring. Well, this is ECU news, too. That's true. This is ECU this news This is well. ECU alum news. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> we have ECU alum news. Vince McMahon retiring. A lot of allegations swirling regarding Vince McMahon over the last month or so. Uh, he has not said anything about those allegations, uh, but today is stepping down. So, obviously, has something to do with that. Yep. And I guess what's next is the big question. This could be a storyline, and he'll be there tonight on SmackDown. Oh, absolutely. Fighting Linda McMahon for 
the company, control of the company. Yep. <laughs> so, a barbed wire steel cage match. Huge news in the ECU baseball world. Huge news in the pro wrestling world. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Tony Dunn, we're way over time. Sorry to make you wait, Tony. It's like a visit to the doctor's office. We'll make them wait in the waiting room. The doctor will see you now. Tony Dunn joins us. We'll, uh, I got some stuff. I got something I want to talk about with Tony. I want to go inside the rage room as well. Donnie Kirkpatrick coming up later on in the show. A lot more to go on a Football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by country mart country mart is open every day and has two locations in bethel on highway 11 and in stokes and highway 903 country mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline now back to the show welcome back do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event Keep it local, print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in. Here is Cliff Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, Free Beer Friday, Freedom Friday, Football Friday here on PRL. Chandler Honeycutt, CJ Schaefer, Tony Dunn to my left. Tony, thanks for waiting. Yeah, no problem. First, you know what? The first time I was early. Yeah, and you see why you don't need to be early? Yeah. You need to just show up on time. Like this uh, suitcase of beer right here is right on time. All right, uh, no doubt we'll be giving that away in hour number three. Big news, Bryson World, part of the Braves organization, picked up as a free agent. So we'll uh, get him on Pirate Radio Live at some point, uh, hopefully next week, and talk to him. But really happy for that young man. Uh, great to chat with him all season long in the Players' Lounge. And uh, everybody happy for Bryson World. I'm glad he didn't quit baseball like all those guys on the <laughs> barnyard banter were trying to tell him to. <laughs> he got a barnyard banner. But, but boneyard. boneyard. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> oh, man. Some real classy characters up there. Oh, yeah. See. Total class. Uh, Tony, speaking of class, uh, Skip Bayless. Yeah. How do you feel about Bayless, uh, Stephen A. Smith, all those guys? Mm. You know, I used to let them get to me. And now, because of the internet, I don't ever watch them anymore. So I don't, it doesn't bother me. I have very few things blocked and muted, but I have all of that. All those guys, those all names, those shows blocked like Where and you muted. can't even, like, if I, I tweet about them, they just don't show up. Because And I get why it's popular. We could do that stuff here at Pirate Radio. It's performance art. You say stuff that you truly don't believe, but you know will get well, attention. We, we could do it here, but we still wouldn't have that audience that they have. No, no, yeah. you're right. We I would w- actually get run through the mud like crazy. I would just, idiots. I like, and I think you do as well, saying things you actually believe in. Yeah, actually, don't ever say anything I don't believe in. Yeah. And, Except and, for maybe occasionally sorry. You say sorry when you really don't mean it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, that's a good trait, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or it means you screw up a ton. Oh, yeah, that's true. Stubborn. All right. Uh, Skip Bayless was on the Shannon Sharp show called Undisputed. Do you guys younger than us, do y'all watch that stuff? I do not. You know, I hate it because I blame. I remember when uh, 
PTI and Around the Horn first came out, and they were so good. You know, PTI was, is still very good. I mean, I, I don't, I don't ever watch it. Years. I haven't watched ESPN though in ten years. We used to watch it every day, like in college. I guess that was when that came out. Well, we used to have Destination TV, where yeah. like you could only watch what was on, and there was a point where Sports Center was the way you got sports or yeah. espn was and like there was a golden era at one point we were talking about yesterday about because the phil Steele magazine's out we had phil Steele on the show if you missed it check it out great interview to find out who washington was playing that football season i didn't know until the summer when i went to go get a magazine isn't that crazy to think about and now they have schedule release shows yeah back then like you really had to wait like a few months you remember when you used to have to buy magazines to see how much your baseball cards were worth i do oh beckett i do recall spend money to find out that your cards aren't worth the amount of money you spent on that magazine and that they're worth more than you'll ever get because no one will pay you for it <laughs> yeah yeah it can say whatever yeah. price it is but you're not going to get that what point was I making? Oh, yes. Yeah. Skip, Skip Bayless, Bayless going over the Panthers' offseason moves this year. And let's hear what the Panthers have been up to this offseason. They added Bradley Bozeman at center, which will be a big upgrade. They add Baker's guy, Austin Corbett, at guard, which will be a huge upgrade. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at the defense, and they added Hassan Reddick and Stephon Gilmore to Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin and J.C. Horn. And they got pieces on defense. Baker could be the fire starter. We no got way. him. We got him back. No way he knows who Jeremy Chin is, by the way. But Ooh. so they he had, said his name, though. Sure, he did. Looking at a piece and of do paper. Do you know why he said his name? Because he's got producers giving him this list who accidentally also looked at last year's offseason additions and added Gilmore and Reddick in there. And I have an idea for something I want to do here after we talk about this particular topic. But Tony, uh, I don't know. Kind of funny. I chuckled when I heard that. Uh, I wish that I had a producer giving me a list of names because I always get the name wrong. You should blame your producer on <laughs> getting like, all those God, wrong. Clip, why didn't you write the name down right? Okay, that's, CJ. that's where I want to go from here. I think this would be a great idea. Unfortunately, it would be asking Chandler and CJ to actually do work, which could be tough. That's going to be tough, right? That's definitely going to me that, to do stuff on a Friday? That's going to be tough. I don't want you to do it today. I want you to do it next week. It doesn't matter like what day us. or time I ask you. You'll have that same smug, entitled response that you just had. Why ask me to do stuff on a day that ends in Y? Uh, I would like for you guys, I'm going to come up with a topic. I want you to write down some producer notes for me. Man, wouldn't that be crazy? But I want you to have some of them true and some of Ooh, them false. Yeah, that's fun. So say the topic is... So we're talking with CW next week, fantasy-wise. Mm -hmm. We're going to do AFC North and South. So I'll be like, hey, give me some info on the Bengals and the Browns last Ooh, year. That's a terrible one to do it with. CW will know everything. You give me some stats and roster and who's on the team and who's not, but make like 25% of them incorrect and see if I can pick them up. New game. Chandler's yawning. CJ's staring off into space. I'm this is never going to happen. Can you see if How about this? Y'all just freaking show up, sit in a chair, and go home at the end of the day. Because that's all you do around here. Chandler, I think we should do that. We'll open up the rage room coming up later. Whoa. Uh, you know, I actually don't uh, uh, look. I, I think this is like a mistake that you can see happening on with a national broadcaster making, you know, is that they do have to try to cover everything yeah. in some ways. 
Now, I just this, wish they wouldn't pretend like they knew what they were talking about. Right. Usually, if I don't know what I'm talking about, I'll say they it. They should have just stuck to the Baker thing, and that is, I like Baker more than you do. Right? Because that's what he really meant there, is that you can either dislike Baker or like Baker. Yeah. I, the thing that drives me nuts the most with this Skip Bayless guy is these when he does the Jordan sh- like he takes these pictures of his Jordans and he tries to look all tough and he looks like he weighs like 108 pounds. It's very weird. He is. He's a strange. I saw a tweet this week that said LeBron James' greatest accomplishment out of everything he's done. (laughs) And he's like notoriously a LeBron hater. Is is ignored Skip Bayless for all these years. That is. Which has got to burn Skip Bayless up inside, right? If you just, you go after a guy so much, all you want is him to notice you. And he never he never well, acknowledges it. I I like uh, him because I feel like he he actually Colin Cowherd should thank Skip, Skip Bayless because Colin Cowherd actually looks intelligent at some points yeah, compared I, to Skip Bayless. I love this guy that just uh, puts video of Colin Cowherd basically arguing with himself, taking both sides. <laughs> he is wrong all the yeah. time, but it's not about accuracy. It's just no, about making... It's like, can you make an entertaining show for yeah. three hours? It's it's performance art. How we doing, folks? Yeah. I, we're boring because we don't do that stuff. Like I, Maybe next week, Tony, we should do that style of show. And just say outlandish things. Who's got to be the yeller? Me. Carson Wentz will be the 2022 NFL MVP. Carson Wentz is the biggest bum I've ever seen. (laughs) I don't know how he could ever believe that clip, Brock. (sighs) Yeah. Sorry. I don't don't think we're going to be able to do it. I get that it's entertaining. I just, I don't like it. It's so. Can't hear you. Your mic is off. Turn your mic on. God. Oh. Hey there. Hey, yo. Thanks, Chandler. Who is it entertaining to? Because it's not entertaining to any of us. A lot of people watch the watch it, so does somebody. Well, I, th- I think it resonates like if you're sitting in a Meineke or something, and you see the little tag, and then you see the little bubble underneath, and you don't watch sports a lot. And- well, you'll see after, a, a like, so LeBron goes three for 28, people will tweet like, man, can't wait to see Skip in the morning. Like, oh, people yeah. get excited but about it. It is funny. There are people that are that that can't get enough of it, so. and, and it's like that with Stephen A. and the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. People look forward to what have, what Stephen A. has to has to say on a Monday after the Cowboys get their ass whooped on Sunday. I think the probably the mis, most disconcerting part about this is that it's really apparent with guys like this how they're like taking angles and construing things to to, to fit their narrative. The scarier part though is that all a lot of the media does it more subtly. And they do, or they're doing very similar things. So, a good one, a good example of this was Panthers news last week. Is when news that Baker Mayfield was traded to the Carolina Panthers. Jake DeLone, former quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, goes on WFNZ radio and is talking about it. And he's trying to take a very measured approach, as in like, don't you know? It's like not the best thing ever, not the worst thing ever. He's going to have to learn the offense. And he said that Sam Darnold was currently ahead of him because of his time at OTAs and his experience with the, having a full season under his belt the verbiage with Ben McAdoo a little bit and having played in a West Coast system before and like what they did is they took the one line and then comes out and says Jake DeLome 
And, you know, and that, I mean, it's like all over. It's like uh, pro football talk and mm-hmm. all of this. And it's just saying Jake DeLum says Baker Mayfield is really is, is ahead of Baker. I mean, or Darnold ahead of Mayfield. Yeah. Jake DeLum. That, that's and, sports media. And, Right, in a but, nutshell. It, but it made its rounds among Panther fans so much with people who follow stuff very closely. But if you don't go, if you weren't, I just had the luxury. I actually heard the interview. And so I knew that he wasn't like he was just trying to be kind of diplomatic because he does work for the team too, Jake DeLum. So he's not going to come out and just bash any one player. But there are people that don't follow up on it or don't yeah. have big brains that now see that and they don't like Jake DeLome anymore because he's on Team Darnold instead of Team yeah. Baker and they don't yeah they don't get the whole thing that's why you gotta come to the C3 Panthers podcast because we'll talk about that one uh, interview for seven hours <laughs> and we'll give you the full coverage the Zapruder film of uh uh, a nuanced program, yeah. the C3 podcast. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll see if there's any more NFL news and notes. Also, we'll open up the anger management rage room on a Friday. Got that. And a lot more. Pirate Radio Live rolls on after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. The sidebar in Uptown Greenville is open and ready to serve you. The Tex Mex Fusion Restaurant offers dinner and Sunday brunch from 10 30 to 2 30. Located right next door to the Dickinson Avenue Public House, the sidebar has indoor dining and patio seating for everyone to enjoy. For the latest on reservations, menu items, and more, follow the sidebar on Facebook or on Instagram at sidebar.greenville. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here is Cliff Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Let's do some quick hitter NFL news and notes before we get to the anger management rage room. Uh, Deshaun Watson reports to Brown's training camp ahead of the nfl ruling on whether or not and if so how many games he will be suspended for this season uh the browns worked out some qbs this week i think they ended up signing josh rosen they did who i hope i wanted the panthers to sign i saw a great tweet that uh what year draft was it where Darnold, Baker, and Rosen were all in the same uh, draft? god that would be 19? the that would be the number one the number two and like the nine or ten, yeah, and Rosen. then the the tenth. I, I think he went ten to the Cardinals. The holy trinity of crap quarterbacks that year could all be on one <laughs> roster. That'd be great. Um, C.W. Sloan, who was here yesterday, said he heard that a ruling would come out today, and I said, "Who the hell are you hearing from?" He was like, "Oh, the Cleveland plane dealer." Though <laughs> he acted like he had sources, and uh, he was just reading an article from Cleveland. So uh, Deshaun Watson still awaiting to find out. That's kind of important for Panthers fans. It would at least determine week one for you. Yeah, well, I mean, we've all been assuming that he would not be available week one. Right. You know, it's just now, as it just continues to take forever, you almost like feel like, are they just going to wait till next season to get a rule? <laughs> yeah. I mean, these things tend to, uh, you know, get 
kicked down the road so. it's taking forever man this All thing right. is just wild let's go around the horn how do we feel about the Bengals white helmets i like it especially the all-white uh the uniforms. snow tiger look yeah, i like it i like it I like uh 7.5 out of 10 Ooh, i was gonna go like eight and a half to okay nine. i'm gonna go 7.9 tony i'm with you clip i mean tony. it's uh down tony it's neat that because there really are white tigers yeah right and so that's the cool part i forgot to ask you uh, how you feel about the panthers black hat all right so um really excited about it and then it just feels like as soon as you get one good piece of information there's just like the next two seconds later it's just overwhelmed first um i thought this is that we've been begging for this uh hat black on black on black look for so long and uh i said the very first thing is like once we got this good news i said oh the best news that we get out of this is we don't have to see those spec uniforms on twitter and then a argument for the next two days Guess about what? how which uni, uni would you like and how the panthers stink about updating their stuff and it wasn't even eight minutes i feel like and right away it was oh, yeah. like hey look at all these mock uniforms and i was like oh god <laughs> and then the other one is now everybody's wearing it's like we were so late to the party that the whole party is there with us the jets have one now yeah eagles uh, just uh they, broke out one yeah uh Washington's gonna wear one. yeah and so now it's like it's we're lost in the shuffle of darkness <laughs> uh, i remember that was the topic when ecu finally got some black unis like what well, would have been waiting for everybody's done it now do the panthers play the Bengals this year i believe they might yeah they play the north and AFC it would be north. really neat if like we and i know we're not we're only wearing it on one game the black on black but if they wore their whites yeah their white tigers versus our black panthers that would be cool that, that would, would be, be cool. very cool yeah. and uh, wouldn't you think it could be subject to change <laughs> black panthers yeah huh don't you think it could be subject to change though if they start winning then they can you do that i don't know but if you can't that's stupid that is very stupid You're like you got to give the so what the, does that say right there tony freedom exactly you have the freedom to wear whatever the helmet you want imagine if whatever you said helmet, this like is that. the nfl goes you had to get this information into us eight weeks ago <laughs> yeah and you're like well what Why? about this deshaun watson news how about that <laughs> <laughs> Give us that news no yeah you need to tell us two years in advance <laughs> so we can uh make the date uh let's see anything else let's uh let's jump inside the rage room here uh chandler honeycutt you ready to go yes yes sir it is the anger management rage room you can get your rage out right here in greenville north carolina anger mgmtnc let me read that again anger mgmtnc.com book your therapy session today you can smash stuff you can bash stuff you can get out that anger that you're feeling in a safe friendly environment and it's a lot of fun and chandler this was uh, interesting. You said that they accept donations. Yes, I went by there and saw Lorena the other day. She was getting ready for a 7 o'clock session. And uh, she was saying, hey, when you uh, enter the rage room this week, let the people know that you can donate. You ha If you have empty glass bottles, wine bottles. She was showing me around the back room there. There's uh, TVs, washer and dryers, uh, all kinds of stuff. So if you have anything that you want to get rid of, glass-wise, or even like a washer, a dryer, a TV, a refrigerator, take it over to the Anger Management Rage Room. Now, if you're asking where it's at, it's on Clark Street here in downtown Greenville, right, right behind Pitt Street Brewery. So uh, yeah, don't be, uh, don't hesitate to uh, donate to the Anger Management Rage Room. 
All right, uh, real quick one. This one has gone on forever. It will continue to go on. Uh, grown adults getting mad at recruits for not attending the school they want them to attend. Saw more of this uh, this past week. Talk about with Gigi Jackson. It is just such lame behavior, especially when you're fanboying, uh, fanboying a 15, 16-year-old for two years, and then he doesn't choose your school, and then you talk about how much he sucks and how he's terrible and he's going to be a bust. It makes you look like an idiot. It makes you look like a creep for even following these kids for all these years. If you're into recruiting, cool. Steven Igo does a great job covering it. I hope a guy comes here. If he doesn't, okay. Good luck to him. 17-year-old. He's got a lot of life ahead of him. Best of luck. But could you imagine, like, I uh, decided I wanted to go to ECU. I farted around too much in uh, at Conley in high school. So I got to go to Pitt. So I'm going to go to Pitt for a couple years before I get to East Carolina. And then thousands of messages and mail comes to my parents' house calling me a uh, a scumbag because I didn't go to Lenore Community College. Uh, you could just go to the Boneyard Panthers. Sure. And I'll find it there. <laughs> uh, it is just, it's kind of psychotic behavior. Don't do it. You look like a moron. Very psychotic. You look like an idiot. Just stop interacting with kids, with recruits on social media. Just don't do it. Play it safe. Don't just don't even start doing it. But it's going to continue to happen. And it's adults doing it. And what do adults do? They blame the kids for all the world's problems. When you raised us. Who raised these kids? I know. And I know, I know you listening right now are saying, it's not my kid. My kid's fine. It's everybody else's kid. Yeah. It's not your kid. It's everybody else's kid. Who raised the kids? Who told them right from wrong? If this is the laziest generation in the world, then you're the fault. It's your fault. You made us this way. You made these kids this way. Now I'm making my kid this, but my kid's perfect. It ain't my kid. Tony, you got kids. It's not your kids. My kids are better than me, thank God. (laughs) So it's none of our kids. (laughs) And I know you listening. It's none of your kids. It's the other kids. Just stop being a moron. Once you realize that everybody sucks, that people suck, it makes this a lot easier. So that's how I'm going to finish this. You suck. I suck. Everybody sucks. I'm going to rage about age. That's right. Age. Age I hate getting older, and I hate young people not knowing anything about the past, particularly football fans where they have questions about, who's the worst quarterback you've ever seen? And they go, Sam Darnold. Somebody said, uh, Jake DeLome in his last years. Yeah, he had one bad game. But have you seen Chris Winkie? Had you seen Jimmy Clausen? And not even those guys. What about Randy Fasani, folks? <laughs> One game started, 44 passing attempts, 14 completions, one interception, and 95 yards total in one game. Randy Fasani is the worst player in the world. Come on, kids. Do your homework. Well done. All right. Uh, I have raged in the past about uh by the way dj moore goat panthers receiver goat greatest of all time i agree uh i'm going to stay on the road uh i have raged about people taking a right turn way too slow which has happened to me way too many times in the past couple of weeks Happened today to me i'm going to stay on the road and the people who keep their foot on the brake more than the gas pedal people that pump the brakes too much yeah really just gets on my nerves and nobody's in front of them i can get it if somebody in front of you and you want to make sure you're not getting too close to them but i've had this happen 
In the past, I had it happen today. I got behind somebody, and they were just constantly their, their bright light came on every like five seconds. It just gets on my nerves. If you take your foot off the accelerator, your car will will slow down. Like go with that method. Yeah, that's that's the way I go. Don't ride the brake. Quit riding the brake. People still do it, and it drives me nuts. That was good. That was good. I'm gonna rage about people who put too much stock into Madden player ratings. <laughs> Guess what we're about to talk about. Yeah. I wanted to talk about Madden player ratings yeah. too. I I mean it's it's cool to look at. Like it's it's cool to see what a Come Madden on, ranks stick these to people. Your rage. But no, 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 no. I'm saying it's cool to see, but like when people get into arguments about it, when people start like tweeting at Madden or like tagging these players, be like, you're not that good, or why did you rate this guy? Who cares? It's Who a video game. Cares? You can buy the video game and you can edit them. You can edit the characters whatever you want. If you want to change TJ Watt, Randy Fasani to be the greatest yes. quarterback you can of all do it. time. If you want to change TJ Watt's name to Baker Mayfield, you can do it. Do you know what Mitchell Trubisky's rating is? No, and I don't care. Well, you take your headphones off. I'm going to tell everybody else. 69. Is it better than George Blandis? <laughs> George what, Blandis. What was our t-shirt going to be? Blandis? Your quarterback your looked quarterback. like George Blandis. <laughs> something like that. Most interceptions all time, I believe. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm with you, CJ. It's kind of like a preseason poll. It's kind of like, too, like big game boomer and stuff. I was telling Troy, he was like, how did this guy get so popular? I was like, I don't know, but we could do this. We could corner this market for ECU athletics by every week putting out polls and just leaving out one or two guys. Best quarterbacks all time, according to Pirate Radio at ECU, are Jeff Blake, Shane Carden, Patrick Pinkney. And that's it. And we, we leave it there. And then where's David Garrard? Where's Marcus Crandall? Why'd you leave off Holton Nailers? That's how you do it. You leave off a guy or two, and then that gets the whole ball rolling. Everybody's so dumb, they'll just keep commenting on it. I got to use this in my show today. It's a simple method. If you want to get some interaction, that's all you got to do. Leave somebody out, make a phony list, and it works every time. And I saw somebody say maybe that's what Madden ratings are doing. Maybe they're putting out these numbers to get people talking about Madden because there's a lot of working. Well, even NFL teams go on their social media accounts, and especially on TikTok, and I know a lot of probably a lot of our listeners are not on TikTok, but you know the uh, the team account on TikTok will go up to each player and say, "Hey, how do you feel about your Madden rating?" So I mean, it gets to those players too. I mean, it's it's well talked about. Yeah. There's a lot of I haven't played Madden in a long yeah. time. There's it's a lot. Hard. I guess it's still the same game it's always been. So there's a lot of negative talk about Madden. I think they do this to get Madden, you know, back on uh, people's minds and wanting the game again. So anyway. All right. I heard they might change the name. To what? Like EA Sports might not make it anymore. Oh wow! And like, where are you hearing this from? Like Did CW this? tell you that? No, no. I just <laughs> saw something on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Um, the Rage Room. Anything else? That's it. All right. I'm raging about this dad joke that Craig told. Can you cut the music and get the uh, rim shot ready? All right, producer man. Uh, hey guys, did you hear about the king that was only 12 inches tall? No. Uh, he wasn't a good king, but he was an excellent ruler. Mm. Thank you, Craig. Why would you tell us that joke? 
Did we talk about something to make you think of that? There's or? these two guys on TikTok that try to make each other laugh with dad jokes and yeah. they tell them as blandly as possible. <laughs> and it's actually kind of hilarious. I would laugh at that, definitely. <laughs> Thank you, Craig, for. Just very uh, random, but I enjoy it. Yeah, I appreciate Thanks for that. The, uh, pick me up. I appreciate a dad joke. Uh, Mike says, sounds like the USA women's flag football team needs a Budweiser Freedom Case Box. They need something. This buds for freedom. This buds for the USA women's flag football team. Mentioned this earlier, Tony. Saw it on Twitter. I don't know when this is from, but it was on the NFL Network. Uh, the USA women's flag football team was losing 39 to nothing to Mexico. Can you say ass whooping? Well, How do you say ass whooping in Espanol? <laughs> I would love to know because I would say it right now. I think we know who the worst football player is, whoever the quarterback is for the women's flag I, football team. I don't know who that coach is either. But I didn't know they a, played flag soccer or oh, football. No, they don't call it football. Was that a dad joke? Yeah. No, uh, it wasn't a dad joke. It wasn't funny. It was not. It was bad. But you said it monotone, so I'll, I'll yeah. chuckle a little bit. Uh, we'll take one more break this hour. Come back. More to go. Tony Dunn. Got Donnie Kirkpatrick coming up at 5 o'clock. More to go. Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. For the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on all of our social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927. FM. Join the over 57,000 followers today at PR 927FM. Now let's head back into the show. Here is Cliff Brock. All righty. Thank you, CJ Schaefer, Chandler Honeycutt here, Tony Dunn, wrapping up our number two of Pirate Radio Live. Chandler, a couple of teams have already began a training camp. One of those teams is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who is the other team? I tell you, I tell you what, man, it's going to be a good season for the Raiders, man. Check your emails, the Raiders. Don't check your emails, man. I'm telling you what now. I can't wait for the Hall of Fame game, man. It's Tony the Dunn. Raiders and the Jaguars. One more Thursday without football, and then the following Thursday, we got a game on. I cannot wait for fake football. It is fake. Tony, I was telling uh, Tony. At, at the, let's get down to Tony. Tony, I was uh, telling Clip at the beginning of the program that I walked out. Excuse me. That I watched right, the. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you cut the music off? Keep your mic on, and let's do that. There we go, uh, Tony. I was telling Cliff at the beginning of the program that I went to your house last year to watch the Hall of Fame game. Oh yeah, Steelers and Cowboys, and we watched just about all of that game. Cliff came up with a good idea of saying, "How about we start the year with a watch party?" So this game's gonna suck. We're not gonna know the people, but if you, we do a gathering, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but. We have, you know, have some food there. Uh huh. 
Super Bowl party food. Uh-huh. I'll, Finger foods, to be exact. I'm bringing prop sheets. Okay. And we're going to make this. Are we going to do this here, or like online, or are we going to really do this at I the house? I say we infiltrate the Dunn house. <laughs> uh, yeah. House. We're basically inviting ourselves to your house and, and get in your pool. Chandler and I are going to go love, swimming in the pool. I would love for you. Well, first, can you swim? <laughs> you have a pool, right? So yeah, You're I, a liability clip, Brock. Because you have a pool. Right. <laughs> That's what Molly told nice me. Nice reference. Uh, oh, sorry about Survivor, by the way. Strange, terrible strange, luck. Strange rules. I wish I could have had more influence on my own pick. It's simulated for me, though. I would have picked a different rock. You also probably, you're a smart enough man. You might have gone against your alliance at that point because in real life, Survivor, it's it's done it before, but people are scared to uh i don't know why we're talking about this now people are scared to go against their or to put it to chance like that and say you know what i know this guy's my friend but i'm voting him out get out of here i don't want to leave could have gotten rid of Chandler. i think you would have done that too i'm cutthroat yeah anyway what were we talking about oh we were talking about coming to my house and look you're more than welcome i need friends all right we'll be you have plenty of friends it'll be a fake game we'll be your fake friends yes perfect (laughs) and i'll be fake happy <laughs> uh Panthers open camp July 26. Tony, I know back in the day, a young spry Tony Dunn would go to training camp, fan day or whatever and enjoy it. I'm assuming you're not making the trip this year. My buddy's t- trying to talk me into going on August 30th for the get together party or whatever, and I'm sitting there going, gosh, it's such a long drive for 2 hours. Then we're gonna have to get a hotel or is do that it. fan fest you're talking about? No, I can't make it. Like the whole crew, the rest of the podcast crew is going to fan fest this year, but I'm gonna be on vacation, so I'm not gonna be able to make it. Thankfully, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I don't know. Maybe go down there. It's just a lot of work just to go and watch guys barely practice for two hours. Yeah, it's something that you know. You're. I think as you get older, it's whatever. Just another year. We'll see. But I did see this one like. Uh, this i don't know if it was a tiktok or a video of this guy trying to get this baseball signed and it, like, oh my with god a little kid right in front of him and he's like please play and i feel like that also was me oh really <laughs> well yeah. you know i was dying i gave my son like a hundred bucks to get cam newton's autograph one year <laughs> i said if you get this dude's order if you get him to sign my super cam cape i'll get you the hundred dollar lego set he did. How many wow. children would you beat up to get to the front of the line? A whole Camden? third grade class. A whole class. All right. Miss Grant's class. All of them. All right, Tony, uh, I guess one serious question before we let you go. You talked about Darnold being ahead of Baker Mayfield, according to Jake DeLone. You <laughs> yes. named a lot of names there. Uh, how much do you want to see, not necessarily training camp, but like preseason? How much do you want to see Baker play this preseason? Ooh. You know, my I'm just going to stick with my general answer, and that is none. All right, no. Were we, I don't want. We asked the same question last year about Darnold. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Is I mean, if I think if they're going to appoint him to start, I'd rather. I think this is going to be strange if you put out uh, Mayfield there, then you go Darnold, and then you put Matt Corral with like the bum squad. At yeah. And I almost would just say Matt Corral, you're starting the, all the games except for the one quarter we play the guy that we i kind of like that start him with the ones for a drive or two and then and maybe get corral in there with the twos and threes i like that instead of waiting for them because we've seen this to so many quarterbacks is that and then the internet will take over and be like look how terrible they are and you're like look at how everybody terrible around them looks too so true 
Yeah, that's a good point. By the uh, way, Baker at the Charlotte FC game the other night. And by the way, shout out to the Charlotte FC, uh, the Charlotte Chelsea. Football Club, beating Chelsea. I'm on real turf. I'm about to start bandwagoning, I think, those guys. Uh, Tony, C3 Podcast, Tuesday nights. Yes, man, we got a lot of stuff coming out. We're bringing back the Beat Check on Wednesday nights where we catch up with beat writers from around the league, particularly our team, and then whoever throughout the season, whoever we're playing. uh, Friday free-for-all where fans can come on the podcast on Friday nights. Uh, So, yeah, man, the more football there is to talk about, the more we will talk on the internet. David Newton coming up on the C3 Panther podcast? I hope so. I saw where he was coming back as the uh, beat writer for the Panthers for ESPN, right? Yeah, They can't get rid of him. He gets all the clicks, bro. I like him. I actually think everybody hates on him, but he asks some tough questions in the, but he is like me. And maybe I like him just because he's like me. He'll like miss, put somebody's wrong picture up and he writes <laughs> their name or he says their name wrong. Yeah. You can relate. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tony, enjoyed it, buddy. All right, man. Thank Let's you. Take a time out. We'll come back. Donnie Kirkpatrick, East Carolina offensive coordinator, joins us when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. And it's the best place to watch our favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Clip, if I don't send it back in, are you going to keep dancing? Here's Clip Bro. Man, it just reminds me of being at the hottest nightclub in town. And what nightclub was that? <laughs> I got bottle service. Just like girls all surrounding Oh, yeah, the girls. You just uh, There's dudes, but I got the girls, man. <laughs> and just living it up, man. Best track ever. It's called This Is Summer. And it's royalty free, so we can play it all we want and not get taken down on YouTube. Did someone say free? As in freedom? That's right, Chandler. And coming up at the end of this segment, we're giving away a case of freedom. Let it ring, folks. A case of Budweiser can be yours if you are the lucky caller after this interview with ECU Offensive Coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick, who joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line. We'll get a pre-fall camp look at the ECU offense, and uh, Coach Kirkpatrick joins us today on PRL. Coach, we appreciate your time. How you doing? Doing good, man. Hope you guys are. Yes, sir. Doing good. Ready for some football. And before we start, we'll talk about the Pirates. Yesterday, we had Nate Connor, uh, or earlier this week, we had Nate Connor, D.H. Conley, head football coach. 
on the program and we're talking about the string of of quarterbacks and and great players that went on to play college sports and uh that's a trend that, that started with davis kirkpatrick nate connor said he really he and his group helped uh, kind of turn around conley football and turn it into a winner and uh, we were talking about davis going on to now being a coach can you give us a, an update on what the uh, the former pirate pitcher is up to these days well, Davis is living. He's living the dream, man. He's uh, living in Wilmington, North Carolina, and he is the uh, pitching coach and assistant coach and assistant athletic director at Brunswick Community College right now. So he's working under a great guy, Robbie Allen, who's been the only coach Brunswick's ever had there. He started the program, and they're having a lot of success there. And so uh, he's carrying on the the family tradition, I guess. <laughs> I'm smart enough to do things to get into coaching or whatever, but. Uh, we do have fond memories of uh, Coach Connor over there at the D.H. Conley there. Unfortunately, when my daughter came to school there, she was a cheerleader. They might have been the worst football team in North Carolina at that time. So <laughs> She didn't cheer hard enough, Coach. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty much uh, getting ready for basketball season over there. But, yeah. uh, Nate and those guys kind of got it turned around a little bit, too. And so, good memories there. Nate does a great job. We're very fortunate to have him in this area. So Davis in the coaching game, uh, just like Donnie Kirkpatrick. And, and Coach, we've talked about this in the past because I, I remember you telling a story about you playing quarterback. And if I got the story right, I think you said your dad might have been the coach. But for years and years, he would tell a story about how the, you know, they would have won big if the quarterback didn't blow it. And unfortunately, you were that quarterback that he was referring to. So so how about you as far as, as being an athlete and uh, becoming a coach. Is that something you wanted to get into uh, right away when you were done with school, done with playing? You know, that's the only thing I ever ever really wanted to do. I guess. Well, I guess I wanted to be a rock star like everybody else <laughs> probably, you know what I'm saying? But uh, when the realistic part of it came, you know, uh, I guess I just always kind of wanted to be like my dad. He was my hero. And my dad was uh, just passed away this past May here at 91 hmm. years old Man. and was a high school coach uh, for 35 years, won over 200-some games, a couple state championships, and then the Hall of Fame here in North Carolina. And so uh, I guess he was a great role model. He always made it look like a lot easier than I later found out that it was, but he made it look like it was a lot of fun. And so uh, really the only thing I wanted to do, and I wanted to play as long as I could play, and that wasn't that long really, but through college we had a – good run at it and then i did the route of the ga stuff like that too so uh it's uh it's been good to me uh, it's been good to my family and uh fortunately you know east carolina has been a big part of that donnie kirkpatrick joining us donnie you, you've been around here a long time uh, because i think about it now we also had will bland on the show last week jh rose head coach and he brought up your name as uh you, you coached him at east carolina also uh steven igo and i have been uh previewing the ecu uh receivers in 2022 a lot of unknowns there i'll ask you about some of those guys but i've also been going through the past and this is going to be impossible it'll be like picking your favorite kid uh, you've had so many great receivers that you've coached here at east carolina i'm not even going to ask your favorite but you can just uh, you can just go on about uh the, the great ones you've had you, you've been you've been blessed with a lot of talent uh here at east carolina at that receiver position over the years you know, I really have. I can still remember coming here in 2005 and uh, getting hired by Skip Holtz. And uh, I really wanted to come to East Carolina. I was at Western Carolina. That was great as well. But that was a move I was really wanting to, to make. And I'd interviewed with him and I waited. And he didn't call me back for a couple of days. And finally he called. And 
He said, I got some good news. And I, he said, I'm, you're going to offer you the job. Uh, the bad news is you're going to be the receiver coach. We're not very good a wide receiver here right now. <laughs> better get ready. But that didn't turn out to be true for very long. We uh, we signed Andre Allison, that, that signing class. Yeah. And Andre came in and changed things from the very first game. I think he went for like 10 catches, 150-some yards, a couple touchdowns against Duke in that first game. And that was a great game that we were fortunate to win. And uh, and. And then, you know, Bobby Good kind of emerged a little bit. And Kevin Roach kind of came along. And then Steven Rogers came. And they were all really good players, not to the professional player like Andre was, but he kind of got us rolling. And then, you know, it just kind of exploded from there. Dwayne Harris came. And, you know, like I say, you say we've had a really good run. It's almost too many for me to think <laughs> back at. But yeah. you know that, uh, you know, even before that, you know, there had been really good receivers here, I think, before East Carolina is one of those type schools. But I was very fortunate in the 11 years I was here the first time. It was a great job to be the wide receiver coach. And then when Lincoln came in and we went to the more of the air raid, it really became a great job to be the receiver coach because those guys were, you know, really, really catching a lot of balls. And that was a fun deal. So now back is the quarterback coach. We got a good run going, I think, with quarterbacks, although it's only been one guy, you know, since we got here. But I think we're going to continue to have those guys. And uh, it's going to be a big challenge this year for our receiver core because uh, we're going to have some new faces out there. Uh, but I do believe that we're going to be pretty good there. Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us. Donnie, you got to change with the times, and you know that especially as a coach. But I remember when East Carolina first introduced the inside and outside receivers coach, and I was like, well, what is this? What is, you know, what this is, what is this football? What is this inside-outside receivers? And, of course, now everybody in the country is doing it. At the time, it felt kind of weird to me, but uh, offenses change. Uh, the, the way you, you try to beat a defense changes. And, and man, that, that's probably happened a lot during your career, offenses and uh, trying to trying to beat the defense and defense is trying to keep up with uh, all these crazy offenses out there yeah you know when when lincoln and ruffin came that you know it was the mike leach which had really been the how mummy system which really was a, a just a version of the old brigham young stuff you know back from the day and then even bill walsh stuff with the west coast offense and because they didn't play with a tight end so when lincoln and those guys got here they they'd never lined up with a with a true tight end in a normal set. Only in like maybe goal line or in, in some short yardage, and really not very much then. And leaving with Coach Holtz's system, we had quite a few good tight ends at that time. Uh, and one of them left, transferred with Skip or whatever. But uh, we had big Justin Jones and then Michael Bird, some other guys like that. And 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 Lincoln fell in love with the tight end. So at that time though, there were no, really no tight ends. So you you just had all receivers out there. So you didn't need a tight end coach, so you just had an inside receiver coach. You had an outside receiver coach. The inside receiver coach did handle the tight ends when, when they were there. And then, of course, Bryce Williams came on, and then, you know, we, we really you know, Link fell in love with all that. And he's used that at Oklahoma, and you know, I'm sure he will at Southern Cal now. They're, they're using tight ends and stuff like that. We, we've gotten away from that now. We've kind of, you know, in uh, one sort, at one time with, with Fontel, we kind of went back to a tight end coach. But now, again, we're kind of back to that with Raekwon Bodiette coming in and, and, and Latrell Scott here now, too. So, I don't know. It's just a matter of getting eyes on everybody and getting them coached up the best you can and everybody's system. And I don't know. People just come up with different things. But it's all about the same. So football doesn't really change that much over the time. 
Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us. Donnie, it's a rare year where going into the year, uh, there's a tight end uh, that you almost feel better about any of the receivers when you look at East Carolina because Ryan Jones really came on last year and he is the team's leading receiver as far as returners for East Carolina with Tyler Sneed, Audio Matosha no longer on the roster. And talk about, you know, the, a guy like Bryce Williams who you would use on the line but also split him out uh, wide in the slot and, and and boy you can do a lot of different things with Ryan Jones he, he went from a guy that alright we're excited about to a guy that hey we're counting on this guy he's a major weapon and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do this season well I, did, I think you know Ryan was a, was a great get for us he, he transferred from Oklahoma where we have obviously had good friends out there that were able to tell us it was a young man that had a, had a great ability they played him on defense even though he had been more of a high school receiver guy and uh, just kind of wanted to get back to this part of the world a little bit, so we were fortunate to get him. We had to wait a year or so on him to get here, but he's really paying off. Uh, he did really start to, start to emerge, I thought, you know, mid-season on last year. He really be kind of became a good go-to guy, and he just has uh, an unusual amount of athletic ability in that he can play as a tight end. He can play as a wide receiver. He can play as a running back. We ran him on a couple of little runs, yeah. you know, on those jet sweeps last year. And, and funny enough, we were we were out uh, with some workouts the other day, and the punters were out there, and Ryan jumped out. I'm not sure he's not our best punt receiver guy. He doesn't <laughs> catch a punch like a natural guy. So we're like, I'm not sure there's anything he can't do if he puts his mind to it. So uh, his big challenge is, is staying healthy, though. He has had some injury, you know, uh, in the in the past, we just got to keep him healthy, and we're going to move him around to where you know defenses don't know where he's at, don't know how to double team him, and he can surely be a weapon. So, uh, a lot of our success throwing the ball this year, as well as running the ball, will be based on how Ryan Jones plays, and, and we're expecting that to be pretty good. Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us. Donnie, uh, some new weapons at wide receiver. I want to ask you about Isaiah Winstead, Jared Gardner, and you know it's not just about coming in and putting them in a game and, and then performing there's also an acclimation process you got to fit in in the locker room and, and all that and i think about dj ford on the defensive side of the ball last year we got a chance to know him here at pirate radio and of course know him on the field as well as a ecu safety but he was such a mature young man and i remember very early on mike houston saying you know dj ford we, we brought him in but it feels like he's been here for years he he fit in with everybody kind of became a, a, a early leader according to mike houston uh last year when he came in for one year so you, you kind of have to worry about that part of it and also can they get it on the field how about the, the acclimation process for for those two guys and, and other new offensive players you got how has that gone this offseason i think it's gone very similar to the way it did with dj as they came in and, and we knew of his talent level because coach scott actually had signed him at norfolk state and then he had moved on and went to toledo and so we, we knew about his ability. You know, Trell knew the actual speed. He knew the actual size and all those stuff. Uh, and, and the same thing with, with, with Garrett. We, we knew him because Raekwon Boyette knew him, the receiver coach from Duke. So uh, we, we, we got him down here, though, and they made their visits. They did the normal recruiting-type deal, which is important on both sides. Uh, it's important for them to get to know the players and get to know the coaches and get to know the school. But it's also an evaluation – or that final evaluation, because we bring our players in then after they've been here for a weekend and say, well, what do y'all think? You know, what's yeah. it really like? Because you know, everybody's going to put their best foot forward, you know, in front of uh, the guy that's recruiting them or vice versa, too. Our players, 
immediately, you know, responded to them and liked them, hoping it actually played, you know, I think in the Shrine Bowl, uh, you know, with one. And, and so um, it, it's been a good fit. Uh, they both come in. They're both big targets. Uh, they both have good ability. Uh, they, they didn't have spring practice. That's, you know, a little bit of a concern. So this summer has been very, very important for both of them. Uh, the, the summer workout, not that they're not important for everybody, but I think even more for them to learn the system and then to get to go out there and execute it and throw and catch with our quarterbacks and, you know, start to get that chemistry, get that timing down. And so we're counting on both of them big time this year. So I feel like, you know, at receiver, we, we've got a lot of new faces, but we're not really like a bunch of freshmen because the, the portal obviously has been good to us. Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us. Donnie, uh, any update on C.J. Johnson's status uh, with the ECU football team at this moment? Yeah, C.J.'s had a, um, a very, very good summer. Uh, he's back on the team, uh, has worked very hard, has had all good reviews the entire time, and is trending – in a great way, he uh, he does have a little bit of an injury right now that will be taken care of. I think by the time we start, so they're being a little bit careful with with that. But uh, it's had a great summer, and uh, we're really excited about working him back into there. You know, he's a young man that came in, and you know, I don't know that you can ever say, "Well, you almost did too good too early," you know, because you got to do good when you can do good. You can't turn down those opportunities. Uh, maybe it came a little too easy, you know, for him in the beginning, and then teams start to look for you. You know, you don't always have that type of deal. And I don't know, you know, there's that mythical sophomore slump, whatever it may be, and then he fought through some injuries last year. But if we can keep him healthy again, he seems to be physically and mentally in a very good place right now. So we're excited. That is good to hear. Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us. Donnie, you can draw up the best plays in the world and have the best ideas, but uh, if you don't have an O-line, all that can kind of crumble pretty quickly. And uh, that has been a a process, I know, for Coach Houston and all you guys recruiting, trying to bring in offensive linemen, trying to bring in quality, but also quantity, depth. And it really, it sounds like and looks like on paper – you're starting to get there, uh, especially in the depth department. Holt Naylor's joined us last week. He said he couldn't name a starting five right now, but he knows that, that there's a lot of guys that and, – and whoever is not starting is almost just as good as the starters. So that, that's a good a good problem to have there for Coach Shank and you guys on who to put on the field. But you've got some returners there, some newcomers as well. And uh, I guess the, the tagline is my uh, the best offensive line since Mike Houston's been here. Is that is that fair to say? I, I think it definitely is. You know, I think when we got here, whatever that was, three and a half, four years ago, the biggest problem we had probably was on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I had been here, again, you, you hate to keep going back to that, but, you know, when when we had won, especially when we had won with, with Coach Holt, we were the best up front on both sides of the ball. You know, the offensive line-wise, C.J. Wilson and that whole crew on defense was absolutely incredible. And the game is more open. It is more spread. It's a little more high scoring than it than it was years, decades ago, or whatever. But the game is still one up front because you, your skill people don't get a chance to do all that stuff if you don't block nobody. And if you're getting blocked, obviously you're not going to stop anybody too. So uh, we we've really totally rebuilt both sides of the of the line of scrimmage. I think, and I think it's taken this long though for us to get the level of talent and, like you say, the depth, because you have to have both, 
Um, we, we, we fought through more injuries here in the three seasons than, than I can ever imagine. And so hopefully we're in for a good streak here. But if we do have injury, which is obviously a part of this game, I do think we finally got the depth. And I think Holton's kind of right. I don't know that Coach Shankweiler could give you a definite who's going to roll out there the first five for that first game. He's got eight or nine possibilities for those five spots. And then he's got some other good possibilities for guys that are going to be strong second-team type players, which you've also got to have. So uh, we do have some returners, though. You know, Avery Jones is coming back at center, and that was his first year moving to center. He did a really, really good job. I think he's got a good future there. Uh, it was an adjustment to then have to snap the ball and then go block instead of just fire off and go block. Your two should even make that an easier type thing for him, I think. Shots Struthers has played a lot, so we're excited about him being back. Noah Henderson, when healthy, is as good as a lineman there is in the country. So that's a big thing. Hopefully he'll be now, you know, got his strength back, got his stamina back, uh, been injury-free now, you know, for a while. Last year it was kind of a, uh, is he going to practice this week? Is he not going to be able to practice this week? He's going to have to rest. Well, you're not ever going to play as good if you don't if you don't practice. Baby Michael coming back, you know, it'll be it'll be fun to see. He's, he's big again, you know, because <laughs> he can be big Bailey. He can be small Bailey. Yeah. He's back to big Bailey right now, which he's got to be. Uh, he has to work hard to stay that, that big, that thick. And, you know, he's a big tall guy. So, anyhow, there's a lot of guys like that that uh, we're excited about coming back, but they've got some good new guys in here that are really going to push them. You mentioned Avery Jones. I believe Holden said this will be the first year he goes into the season with the um, with a center that he was familiar the, the, the same center from the previous year. So back to back years with the same center, and it sounds like a little thing, but little things add up, right, Coach? And I, I mean that continuity on the O line. These guys getting game reps together and playing for years together that that's important and uh and that's something that east carolina has built here now with a lot of familiar faces and, and of course you mentioned uh some new faces as well but that continuity is a big deal when it comes to the o-line right yeah it really is and you know it's kind of like the quarterback throwing to the receiver you know the center and the shotgun offense which is what today's world is is that that's the first thing i don't know if anybody realizes how important that is the timing of the snap and the location, because if you snap it over here to the right or over here to the left, or the quarterback's having to bend or reach up for it, it throws the entire timing of the running game out or any kind of play action or any kind of RPO out or throwing any type of a quick game, you know, with, with that situation. And then just the cadence and then the, the idea of the defense, which the quarterback and the center work kind of hand-in-hand hand on identifying, you know, what type of a defensive Front are they in because everybody's so multiple defensively now they're three down but they're three four but then they're three three now everybody's got a four down out of that and they don't have to sub so it used to just be people would go nickel and dime in the second day now people are doing so much with the front seven uh different looks so you have to identify the defenses differently so you know how to do pass protection you know how to get your blocking rules and so the quarterback and the center have to work closely together and when you don't have any consistency there that doesn't go nearly as smooth Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us. Uh, just to hit on the running backs briefly, we, we've talked uh, a lot, uh, obviously, about Keaton Mitchell and Rajay Harris, and you can't say enough good things about those guys. But how about next up? I mean, it, it was amazing last year, Coach. You guys were able to split it nearly 50-50 with the touches with Harris and Mitchell, and, and credit to those guys, credit to the training staff and, and to you coaches for them, you know, playing a season healthy. A little luck is involved in that too. 
but you know you need more than two guys you need three or four so who are those guys behind the the dynamic duo when you look at pop mckay or, or camaro edmonds or or any of the newcomers at running back that you're excited about they, they could see the field this season well, I think it is those guys. You know, we brought Cabrero Edmonds in, who transferred from another school here in the state. He's a local guy from Havelock, which everybody that would know anything about Eastern North Carolina knows what a great high school program Havelock has. And you know, Avery Jones and the Shot Struthers, two starters for for us, are from there as well, doing well. So we we really hope uh, that he will emerge as that third back or that back that can come in and play if somebody gets banged up a little bit. Um, like say Martin Gunn and, and, and Pop McKay would, would be the other guy. So we, we were just working on some of the practice scripts and the practice plans for preseason camp early this morning, and we were going through and how many reps we're going to get. And we were saying with Coach Houston, well, we got to get a few more reps here that day because we got three other backs that need to show what they can do. Uh, so that's going to be a good battle at, at, for this third position. Uh, like I say, got two good established guys. We'll try to have them ready. We're going to try not to overdo them in preseason camp, knowing that they can be ready uh, to play because they've already got a lot of experience and a lot of uh, carries. But those other three that you mentioned there are going to get a lot of work. And I don't know how it's going to fall out because they all have some unique skills, uh, but they, they somebody will emerge, I think, by the end of preseason camp. And finally, Coach, uh, usually we start with quarterbacks, but we'll wrap it up here with uh, the quarterback position and, and hold Naylor's back for another year. What I, I don't know what what did he what did you want him to work on the most this offseason, Coach, to to make improvements for his game, not only as an individual but before the entire offense. And you know what what has he done this offseason to make himself a, a better quarterback going into his final year? One of the big things that we addressed at the end of the season was, and, and we kind of addressed it last year, and, and we and started, but we didn't we didn't do a good enough job of it. Was was still trimming down a little bit. We wanted him to get a little quicker, a little bit more explosive. I think you know, uh, not just in the run game, but in the run game, uh, you know, I think we got some depth there. I think he can feel free to run a little bit more. We can call some more quarterback runs. Uh, like that, but I want him a little quicker, a little more explosive. He, he's been very good as a straight-ahead runner. We'd like to see a little more zag, a little more zag out of him a little bit. So he's cut some weight. He's really in good shape, and he's really worked hard on those type of things, not just out throwing and doing all those type of things. I think for the most part, you know, first year or two, we worked a lot on his throwing motion, shortening it up, being a little bit more of a tight circle. Uh, being a little more consistent, a little bit more accurate, which I think he's done that. So we've just continued to emphasize those things like that. But we're just trying to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. Uh, that's where the center comes into play a little bit, the consistency of that in the quick game. And then just trying to understand that he doesn't have to do it all. We've got some people around him now that can make plays. Don't force it. Take what they give you. We'll have enough talent that we'll get those big plays eventually, but you'd be a little bit more patient and just don't force things. Great stuff with Donnie Kirkpatrick today. Coach, I always enjoy talking with you. Uh, I did see this. this one's floating around this week. You can pass along to your wife. Uh, number of rings since 1997. Jennifer Lopez has six. The Dallas Cowboys have zero. So you can uh, you can throw that one out to her tonight. 
Well, I will definitely remind her that that'll be a good day for her. And probably call Brian Bailey. Yeah. And rub that in a little bit. Too, well, he left the dang country since this thing's floating around. So we hope to get him back soon to make fun of him. But, Coach, uh, looking forward to seeing you at Media Day. When's uh, the first official practice for you guys? Uh, August 3rd. So All right. You're going to report August 2nd. That'll be reporting day, and we'll be out there bumping heads August 3rd. Awesome stuff. Coach, really appreciate it. Have a, uh, a good rest of your summer. It's coming to an end, but we appreciate you joining us here on Pirate Radio, and we'll talk to you again soon. Always enjoy it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Donnie Kirkpatrick, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Good offensive breakdown as the Pirates get set for fall camp beginning in early august so we are uh, getting close uh, those those practice days we have a lot of practice audio video coming your way very very soon on our social media accounts and right here on pirate radio live right now we need to make somebody a winner and today we're giving away freedom the best gift of all and it comes in 24 cans and it tastes like a budweiser it is budweiser freedom beer we're going to go caller number 12. But before we do that, Chandler, we're going to have to cut that music. Cut it. Because we are fired up about this Freedom Beer. Yeah, we are. And we're going to send you to break on the newest song by the duo of Chandler and I known as Weapons of Ass Destruction. Let's take it from the top. One, two, three. Because Uncle, Uncle Sam's got the name at the top of his list. And the Statue of Liberty started shaking a fist. And the people will cry. And it's going to be hell. When Dixie Mother Freedom starts ringing her bell. And it'll feel like the whole wide world is raining down on you. Brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Oh, of the red, white, and blue. Yeah. Yeah. Caller 12, 317-1250. We're back after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. Go to YouTube and search for Pirate Radio TV and subscribe today. Watch Pirate Radio live Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m., and the Bud Light pregame tailgate and U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. Just go to YouTube and search Pirate Radio TV and subscribe. And before we head back into the show, I'd like to congratulate Drew Beecham on winning... What did he win? I forget. He won freedom. Freedom in a can. 24 freedoms, to be exact. Budweiser Freedom, let it ring. It is the 24-pack of Budweiser Freedom beer. And Drew Beecham, I answered the phone. He is a great American. He told me so. 
he also said uh well he just said the words bald eagle which really proved to me he is a great american american through so and through. congratulations to drew beecham and if you didn't win hopefully you'll take my inspiring message that i gave you while i was on the phone with you briefly chad moore had the dialing fingers ready i just saw him tweet that uh he said i may not have won today but i did get a god bless america and found out clip's favorite animal is a bald eagle and that made calling in worth it so thank you chad for trying uh no freedom for you this weekend as you will be locked inside your home but maybe maybe next week you can win a case of freedom because we got more freedom to give away here folks how are y'all freedom boys doing over there i'm doing fine i just want to sing again oh are we supposed to sing again we don't, uh, we i don't thought have, that's we what don't it was have, we don't have to we i didn't pull know. up the lyrics to the songs so you would be doing a disservice at this point <sighs> i don't know if i got another one in me man well you know what you don't have to but i will say this part all right justice will be served and the battle will rage this big dog will fight when you rattle his cage and you'll be sorry that you miss with the us of a because we'll put a boot in your ass it's the american way hey uncle sam got your name at the top of his list and the statue of liberty started shaking a fist and the eagle will fly and it's gonna be hell when you and all the freedom started ringing a bell and it feels like the whole wide world is raining down on you what is it what is this brought to you by brought to you courtesy of the red white and blue of the red white and blue he had his eyes closed he didn't see that god bless america man and god bless budweiser and god bless drew beecham our winner today of freedom all right let's head out to the pirate radio live line <laughs> talk to mark greeny you still there <laughs> mark greenhouse golf shop radio show joining us to talk some golf some football and more greeny how you doing on this friday i'm doing great cliff how are you doing today hey doing fantastic looking forward to uh sports weekend baseball back uh we got football talk going on from now until february which it's year round and some golf being played as well i, I want to start with the the football green you got acc media days going on and as you uh you look at clemson you know solid year last year just not up to the standard of uh, of clemson they're not in the college football playoff so i guess you could look at it as a uh, a disappointing year with three losses on the slate uh i think there's like 125 30 teams that would have taken that record last year but how about uh coming back this year the expectation is it to get back to that playoff is it to win the acc you know what are the the realistic goals for the tigers this year uh, i think it's definitely getting back to uh the, the championship four uh and that's the way you got to look at it and you know last year i mean you look at the losses that they had and um, you know, they, they basically couldn't move the ball against Georgia quarterback play, uh, had a, a horrible game in quarterbacking. I mean, DJ basically handing the ball to uh, the pit defender coming up the middle for a touchdown. You lose that game on the road quarterbacking and NC State. You could hit the broad side of a barn uh, with anything that you threw quarterbacking. So, um, you know, it comes down to that. I think the defense actually should be better than last year. I mean, uh, um, 
a lot of injuries that they had on the defensive side of the ball. They've got, I think I've seen like eight, nine, or ten guys that they can rotate on the defensive line. They've got some solid linebackers. They've got great secondary uh, experience coming back, especially in the safety position. For them, I think for Clemson, the question becomes, you know, obviously it's quarterback, but it's a little bit of the offensive line up the middle. You've taken one of your guards, moved him to center. The, the two tackles are, are pretty solid. So the two guards are going to be the ones to watch. And, you know, is there a big push up the middle? Are they able to sustain that and give DJ some time? If DJ's not cutting it, what's Kay Klubnik look like? So um, I, I think from a defensive side of the ball, no worries. I think there's going to be a smooth transition from coordinators, from Venables. Um, and I think on the offensive side of the ball, I had grown very tired of the play calling anyway. So I'm glad we get a fresh new start uh, with somebody who played quarterback running the show so maybe it'll be a little bit different and maybe dj will have a little more success if not i think you roll kate in there and see what happens yeah i was gonna say that a lot of greenies comments there directed towards the offensive side of the ball that's because clemson last year in a three loss season allowed 14 points a game so that that side of the ball uh and a new coordinator that's a good good name good thing to bring up but uh you feel pretty good about that that uh you're gonna bring defense to the field every saturday right yeah, and I think, you know, you, you always wonder when you when somebody like a Brett Venables leaves and, you know, you wonder how you're going to backfill that. You know, what's going to happen? If the defense doesn't perform, do you stop getting recruits? Well, he's, they're still getting recruits, big-time recruits on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you you got to remember, too, at one point, that as good as that defense was playing last year, you know, I'm sitting there watching the bowl game, and I'm seeing, like, you know, four starters that started the Georgia game in the bowl game are standing in street clothes on the sideline and they're still shutting down whoever that they're playing. So, you know, I think from that standpoint, I think if the defense acts and plays like it should, and I think you might see a little more aggression out of this defense, it seemed like Venables was more of a kind of sit back and let's see what happens and be aggressive when I need to. I think you're going to see a lot more aggression. I think this defense is built for that because they have a lot of depth in this defense. And, and I think that's what you're going to see uh, from Clemson this year. And, you know, that's one of been, been one of the hallmarks of Clemson is how deep that they have been over the years. And that was kind of neutralized last year because of COVID. Everybody was deep last year. So you get a lot of graduations going on. Uh, maybe people aren't as deep this year, but I think Clemson, especially in the defensive side of the ball, is very deep. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us, talking a little football here on a Friday. And Greeny, last Friday on the show, uh, myself and three others picked uh, teams that missed the playoffs in the NFL last year to make the playoffs three out of the four selections were from the ac afc side of things with denver uh indianapolis and also the chargers if teams make the playoffs this year that missed the last year that means we got to bump somebody out from last year one of the candidates could be your new england patriots how do you feel about them as we sit here uh you know a week away from training camp uh, about the patriots chances to return to postseason uh, again, I think it's going to come down to what they let Mac Jones do. Um, you know, you had a whole bunch of uh, new guys. They've, you know, they've obviously, I think, I saw an article the other day where somebody's like, oh, the offense is essentially the weapons are the same. Well, you know, it's the same guys. You've, you've now swapped in Devontae Parker for Keel Harry. Um, so I think that was a good trade out. You've got some of these tight ends that are going to be in year number two of this system. I think they've solidified their offensive line. Um, I think their running backs are in good shape. So I think offensively, it's really when you when you look at some of the numbers that Mac put up. I mean, he was good in a lot of categories. It just didn't seem like Josh McDaniels was uh, 
letting him do a whole lot. So now in year two, I mean, he's been out working with all of his receivers and tight ends and all through the summer, and he's gotten bigger, he's gotten stronger, and I think you might see a little bit different from Mac Jones from that standpoint. But, yeah, I think, you know, it's become more difficult. Can Cincinnati sustain where they were? You know, obviously Buffalo's had some changes in their coaches. Can they, can they you know, all mesh and figure it out? Um, you know, Tennessee, people are talking about Tennessee going backwards and maybe Indianapolis going forward. Um, you still think Cleveland's going to be in trouble without really a quarterback potentially for half the season. Um, Baltimore had a lot of injuries last year. Can they resurrect from that? I think the AFC West is what we all look at, right? I mean, could, could four teams from the AFC right. West make the playoffs? I mean, that's the whole thing. That's the wild card in it because everybody thinks the, the Raiders are going to be better. The Chargers, everybody's still waiting for the Chargers. And, of course, Denver's got some, a new quarterback. So, um, it's a tough call. I think there's a lot of potential there in the AFC, but I think there's a lot of things that have to fall in place for the team. So, right now, I'm not all that worried about it. On paper and, and based on the, the field last year, although there was an NFC champion in the Super Bowl with the Rams, it certainly looks like the AFC uh, is the, the power conference, if you're going to pick one from the two sides of things. Uh, Mark Greenhill, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. Greeny, uh, no uh, HP3 this weekend. Did see uh, that the Wyndham is coming up August 4th through the 7th and uh harold will be participating in that so we got uh the pga tour coming to north carolina here in a couple weeks yes always a, a great event uh the last event of the regular season so those that are inside the number the top uh, 125 are trying to hang on for dear life and those outside are trying to work their way in uh, the funny thing is you only usually see a couple you know a couple get in a couple slide out so there's really not a whole lot of volatility there um, but it is interesting to watch, and it's it's kind of setting yourself up. You got some guys that, uh, you know, maybe go over and play in the Open Championship. They they take a, a week off or a week couple weeks off, and then they roll out into that event. So, um, you know, they always have a pretty solid field for that event. Uh, you know, and the the last couple weeks we haven't. You know, we've had the Scottish Open and the Open Championship, so that the two off, off opposite events of those were a little weak. The John Deere before that was was traditionally before the open and when now it was two weeks before the open so they had a little bit of a weak field for that um not a whole lot a lot of guys playing this week after uh, after coming back maybe from two weeks over at the scottish and the open championship so uh the fields have been a little off so you might actually see a nice pickup for the window this year uh what are you keeping an eye on uh, if anything this weekend at the 3m open greenie uh you got any uh you make any picks for this one so uh clip i am on a Three in a row uh, run here. Okay. I had, JT, I had JT Poston as one of my picks in the in the John Deere. I had Xander Shoffley in the Scottish Open, and I had Cameron Smith last week at the Open Championship. So this week, uh, I got two of my guys that I'm watching right now. I have uh, Callum Perrin, the uh, Englishman who shot eight under through 17 holes today, two shots out of the lead, and I got Tony Finau who's already in at seven under par, two yeah. shots out of the lead. So. I'm going for a four-peat this week. Mark Greenhill on an absolute tear, folks. And uh, you got the guys you have right now at the time of this recording, third and fourth uh, on the leaderboard. So looking uh, great shape heading into the weekend. Good stuff. Greeny, uh, what you got on the docket for Saturday's edition of the Golf Shop Radio Show? This is a busy show. Uh, we're going we're gonna to kick it off with Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Then we're going to talk to um, – Andrew Wontuck, who helps um, on the golf pass side of things, so Golf Channel's Golf Pass, a new show called On Tour, On Course, where they follow comedians 
and, uh, you know, guys that play golf and what they do on their off time, going out and playing a little golf and then taking them right up to the, when they walk out and grab the microphone to start their show. So an interesting show. We'll touch base on that. Uh, we're going to talk to former PGA of America president Ted Bishop and find out what he thinks about the Live Golf League. We'll talk to the uh, vice president of sports and operations down at Sea Pines Resort. We'll talk to the head golf professional of Detroit Golf Club uh, hosting next week's event. And then we're going to talk to Ken Green, former PGA Tour player, who is now um, part of the Adaptive Golf League. And he uh, came in fifth place for Adaptive Golf Open from the USGA. So good stuff this Saturday. All right. Packed show, 8 to 10 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio. It's the Golf Shop Radio Show with Greeny and crew. Mark, I uh, enjoyed the chat as always, man. Have a great weekend. Good luck on your, uh, your fourth straight call uh, this weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you again next Friday. All right, thanks, Cliff. Have a good one. Thank you, Greeny. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. We'll get our final break in, come back, wrap it up for a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back to prl did you miss a show on pirate radio listen to all of pirate radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on apple Podcasts, soundcloud or spotify Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or your Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is Cliff Rock. All right, uh, gentlemen, great job today. Big shoes to fill with Shirley Rhodes out, and I'm going to say you filled them well, and you filled them with 100% class. And freedom. And a whole lot of freedom. All right, thanks for tuning in today. If you're just tuning in, you are late shame on you but you can go back to youtube facebook live download it apple spotify and check out the interviews with donnie kirkpatrick and blake harrell from earlier today on pirate radio live we'll see you monday we'll talk to a former pirate and newest member of the colorado rockies organization zach agnos on monday's edition of prl we'll talk to you then have a great weekend so long everybody thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation